Sometimes mommy just won't nut no matter how hard you hit it. Everybody, welcome back to Mackie's Clubhouse. <laughs> uh, I am Kevin. I'm Larry. Yeah, that's Larry. We're back. Okay. Yeah, took a little break last week to talk some Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, if you yeah. missed the Sleepaway Camp one, you missed a good one. If you like Sleepaway <laughs> Camp. Yeah. But you probably hated it. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. Um, okay, so here, right off the bat, whatever you said at the top of the show was a line uttered by Tavon, right, in the show. I rewound it two times. I didn't understand what he said even after the second time I heard it, and I didn't (laughs) understand it when you said it. What the hell are they fucking saying? (laughs) Wow. I I watched this episode three times like I usually do, and uh, I got it every time. (laughs) So, uh. He says, sometimes mommy just won't nut no matter how hard you hit it. Sometimes mommy won't nut no matter how hard you hit it. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm getting old, though, Jank. Like, uh, you know, I'm 47 years old. You're, you're still in your 30s, right? <laughs> yeah. I still got that, that hearing where you can hear, hear those young people noises. Yes. I mean, like there's, there's certain decibels that you can't hear. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, all these years of, like, headphones blaring Def Leppard at work all day is, like, it's paying its toll now, you know? it's it's Yeah. It's, so I can't understand when mommy can't nut, no matter how hard you hit it. I didn't understand what the fuck he said. And I was like, by the time I figure out where this closed captions buttoning is on this remote, you know, I could have watched 11 more minutes of the episode. Let's just fucking move on. I know that Shane's mad about something, but I don't know what. <laughs> All right, so uh, season three, episode one, playing tight. Yeah, yeah, sounds sexier than it is. It's not sexy at all. Uh, original <laughs> air date three nine, March nine of oh four, and directed by Clark Johnson. He he directed both of these episodes today, Jank one and two. Yeah, that makes sense. These ones feel like you know the same same piece essentially. Yeah, they're very connected. Yeah. Now, uh, this one was written by Sean Ryan and Kurt Sutter. Uh, I've noticed that a lot of these early episodes, they are like team-ups of writers. One writer wasn't enough to handle it. Well, at least these first two episodes, they're pretty solid. So, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm glad. Um, yeah. Like I said, I really, really like season three. I think, uh, I think we're in for some good stuff. Yeah. All right. So... It starts off, we see Julian. Yeah, let's, kind of, let's kind of break this up a little bit. All right. Um, we're going to try to do this faster is what we're getting. Yeah. At. So, yeah, Jank. <laughs> yeah, you lead the way because I just fucking ramble on, man. <laughs> so let's start out as they start out in the episode. Uh, and also, since it's not one of the mo- more exciting parts of the episode, starts out with Julian. Um, so we'll talk about Julian's storyline in this one. Uh, as we left off in season two, Danny got fired, so Julian is now on his own, kind of, but we find out here he's got a new partner. He's got Tommy. Uh, uh, him and Tommy are called to a scene of some guy was peeping on his neighbors, like, watching these fat people have sex. Yeah, and drinking off the window, I think. Yeah, yeah something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so something's going on there. We don't really get a whole lot of backstory, not that we needed it, really. <laughs> I didn't need to see that. Um, but 
Yeah, you can kind of tell that Julian and his new partner are totally on the same page yet. Like, one guy's just like, oh, am I working alone here? Like, so you can tell they're, they're button heads a little bit. Uh, Jank. When they show up, what about that dude with his shirt off? <laughs> yeah. I crumba, man. That was magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this dude's, uh, he's out of shape. That's all I'm saying. Like, I don't know. He's just... Like he just like he he he's like a fat looking fat. Like sometimes guys are real fat, like maybe bizarre from D twelve or whatever, and they can pull it off. But uh, this guy wasn't pulling nothing off, and unfortunately, he somebody pulled his shirt off, and uh, it just doesn't work out for us. So true. Yeah, it was like a melted like ice cream sundae. <laughs> yeah, it was all going downhill. <laughs> yeah, like a marshmallow over the open fire, like within the first eight or nine seconds. Yeah. Uh, good lord it's just starting to crumble in on itself <laughs> uh, so uh, so that's that's Julian his new partner we find out later on there's a scene with Julian at the precinct where he's talking to Vic and Vic's just kind of like hey you know, people are wondering what you're doing about that beating you took because remember last episode Julian got beat beaten the fuck up got a blanket party from uh, Carlson and Jason and some other cops uh, and Julian's like oh they don't know who did it Vic's like, oh, everyone fucking knows who did it. <laughs> and they're looking at you. So he's like, oh, shit. So Julian kind of realizes he has to do something. By the end of the episode, he kind of seeks out Carlson. He goes to Carlson's house, or his apartment, I guess. And uh, he's waiting for him. And we see Carlson come up. Uh, Carlson's the guy who's not Crossbones. <laughs> yes. I wrote down Crossbones' partner. That's how I, that's how I know yeah. this. I don't, I don't, what's his name? Uh, Carlson. Carlson, how do you know that? Um, I don't know. I think I wrote it down last episode. Oh, all right. <laughs> I mentioned it here. All right, you're paying closer attention than I am, and I got a lot of notes. <laughs> so he's just like, "Hey, I'm, you know, you have to tell me what you did. Confess." And uh, Jack- Carlson's just like, "No, I didn't do nothing." And he tries to get past him, and Julian finally just freaks the fuck out and uh, just takes Carlson's arm, bends it behind his back, and fucking breaks it. Yeah, while he's choking him out. It looked like the Oscar lock. If he would have just wrapped his legs around the midsection, it would have just been the Oscar lock, and then Mike Dell would have been masturbating to it. (laughs) (laughs) Then he spit green stuff in his eyes. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, so this scene's good where Julian's like, I'm not, you know, he he snaps. He ain't taking shit from this, this guy anymore. I guess, I don't know. We don't know what's going on yet, personally, so we don't know if he's still with the woman. Like, does he ever say... Like, we don't... Uh, yeah, he's not he with is. her. Oh, he is? Okay. Because I don't think we yeah, see... Yeah, she's going to be around. <laughs> she's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, but uh, obviously he's having a hard time dealing with everything that happened to him, so we know something is up, and he's not quite the same Julian that we uh, we remember. Yeah, he's uh he's a little angrier and stuff. It yeah. seems like he's, he's starting to get, he's starting to get that police officer mentality that the like crossbones and those guys like it's like a frat house but with badges. Yeah, like he used to be the one who was always you know praying and trying to help people instead of arresting them and stuff like that. But now it's kind of like out for blood. <laughs> he's like, I tried being nice and you now you brought me to this. Yeah, he's mad. So, uh, speaking of Danny, who, as we mentioned, got fired last episode, um, she has a hearing coming up. Dutch kind of tells Acevedo, you know, hey, Danny's hearing's coming up. You, you should probably go 
go there and put in a good word for her. And Oswald's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so he goes to see Danny, who has a new job. She's got yeah. a fancy new job working as a security guard at a school. Checking bags, it's important. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't have that at my school, but I guess in L.A. you pretty much have to. Yeah, I don't know. We had nothing like that. Yeah. I'm sure it was not an issue then. We barely had electricity. That was like, they were just starting to get that as I graduated. <laughs> Toilets would be another 10 years. Yeah, oh, still. Yeah, we had that. There was that one dirt room. We just kind of moistened the mud. It was gross. <laughs> just dug a hole. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Austin yeah. Vader shows up. He's just like, hey, you know. I'm bringing on some new bodies at the barn. You know, we've got some more money, I guess, all of a sudden. <laughs> and uh, I want you to be one of them, because I'm looking for someone who will basically rat on other cops, essentially. Uh, someone who, you know, if someone's doing something on the line, they're going to tell me. And yeah. figures that Danny's a good candidate, because the strike team basically cost her her job. Well, here's here's one other thing. We also find out that Acevedo's not leaving yet. He's sticking around for another six months. Yeah, <laughs> and I, that's really, a whole other storyline we'll get to. But he's a fucking dick. This guy, oh, he's so dicky right now. I love it though. He's so awesome though. I love it. <laughs> he's so smart. It's a real heel move. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Danny kind of agrees basically, and that's about it for this episode. Um, I think we kind of see her, her back at the barn later on, and Vic's kind of like, oh, Danny! And she just kind of ignores him or doesn't hear him. But that's uh, about it for her. I'm trying to see. <laughs> Since we're jumping around like that, is, is this where Danny talks to Julian out in the parking lot? And Ah, uh, that's next episode. Uh, that's, okay, never mind then. All right. I should mention, that as far as the Julian stuff goes, there was a deleted scene from the next episode where they kind of follow up on that Vic conversation la, la, where la, la, la. Vic's like, oh. It's the motherfucking D-O-double-G <laughs> Snoop Dogg! <laughs> next episode. All right, anyways. Uh, yeah. Where uh, Vic's just kind of, he says to Julian, oh, hey, did you hear about Carlson? I heard he broke his arm. And uh, Julian's just like, oh, yeah? <laughs> and Vic's like, oh, yeah, I guess accidents happen. And Dutch is just kind of there standing looking confused. So, uh, uh, at least they did kind of touch back on that, but I guess it got cut for time. Yeah. So. Now, that's cool. Uh, um, uh, yeah, that, I think uh, since you mentioned it, let's get to the other, the next big storyline thing we want to hit here is uh, <laughs> Aceveda. Yeah. He's supposed to be stepping down right about now. You know, Claudette's getting ready to, to get in there. She's like, can I get look at those uh, personnel files? And he's just like, yeah, you know, you're still a detective. You just wait a little bit. And she's like, all right. And then I uh, switched. So Eventually, Aceveda brings her in and is just like, hey, how about you tell me about your ideas for this place? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to bring in the undercover decoy squad that's, you know, out of Wilshire. And, uh, they're going to make a huge difference. And he's like, oh, you know, they'll never give them up. And she's like, well, you know, that's, they're supposed to be rotating around, but uh, so, so far they've just been in Wilshire, but they should be rotating. So, so I think it'll work. And he's just like, no, no, that's fucking stupid. What else do you got? <laughs> yeah. And basically, we find out that he is just taking all of her ideas and then goes behind her back, goes to the chief, and presents all of her ideas as if they were his ideas and gets him to let him stay on for six months until he actually takes office as a city councilman. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's a real scumbag move. Yeah, he's so good at it, though. <laughs> he I is, but, him. man. Like, to me, he's kind of worse than, like, the strike team. Because <laughs> uh, at least we find in these episodes, the strike team has some good motives. Like, Vic does all this stuff in these two episodes and gets no credit. And Acevedo is like, only get in whatever gets him credit and gets him to move up the ladder. He wouldn't do anything if there was nothing in it for him. Well, hey. you got to look out <laughs> numero uno, Jank. Acevedo knows Yeah, that. <laughs> sure does. Boy, does he. Yeah, he's awesome, though. So <laughs> So, uh, Claudette finds this out from the assistant chief. This is, this is the new assistant chief, I guess, who took over for Gilroy. This guy, I remember being on the show a lot. Uh, a lot more than the actual chief. <laughs> I remember seeing this guy around a lot. He was actually on Breaking Bad a little bit, too. Also playing, like, a cop or a DEA guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've only seen um, a little Breaking Bad. Not, not too much. Yeah, I like this guy. This guy, assistant chief's a cool guy. Um, so he finds, he tells Claudette about this, and she is, you know, flips her shit, and goes and see Acevedo and starts cussing him out, and <laughs> just like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. You stole my job, took yeah. my ideas, you're a piece of shit. And she's right. <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah. Totally right. <laughs> she's like, you had two years to, like, make everything right. Yeah. Yeah, she's thinking about it. Yep. So she stopped being a detective for now. We'll find out a little bit more next episode as to where this goes. Uh, but then I guess let's get to the Dutch stuff in this episode. <laughs> and then we'll right. save the strike team stuff for uh, for the last. Uh, so Dutch and Claudette, she's still, you know, obviously being a detective throughout this episode. They get called out to a, uh, a murder scene where there's two dead Armenians out with their feet cut off yeah yep that's very important yes it uh, is important yes <laughs> it's great dutch is great in the, this whole episode uh just the way he's, he's cracking jokes about all the feet stuff and he's having a good time <laughs> yes i love him um so he's uh, oh wait I, oh, i'll save this for best quotes i guess <laughs> the whole thing about his his desire for a new partner once uh, claudette steps up um, so Dutch kind of gets the theory that these dead Armenians were killed by Margos Tazarian, who was the guy from season one, episode five, I believe it was, where, uh, the one where Vic busted those Armenians and took all their drugs and Shane ended up getting the, the SUV stolen. Um, and Margos was the guy that they arrested, but he, he said, he said something to Danny about her feet and then he kind of, they put him in a paddy wagon at the end of the episode, and he escaped somehow. <laughs> Just took off. Goddamn, Vic fucks with all the Armenians, man. Yeah. He sure does. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so the, this, this is the guy played by Kurt Sutter, uh, co-writer of this episode, and obviously creator of Sons of Anarchy. Um, so this is his character, but Vic, or Dutch kind of thinks, oh, it's probably this guy, because the only thing he, he said while he was in uh, custody before, was delicious feet to Danny, so clearly he's got a foot thing, and uh, is kind of doubting it, like, oh, no, that doesn't make any sense. That seems like a really flimsy thing to go off of. But, turns out, he's kind of on the right track. <laughs> yeah, he is on the right track. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, the Dutch 
gets a break in this case when Armin shows up to the police station with basically his whole family. Uh, Armin was the guy that the strike team was tailing in the end of last season to find where the money train was. The guy who got in the accident and uh, Shane gave him the fake name of Cletus Van Damme. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, he shows up, he's like, alright, I'm gonna, uh, like, uh, they're dropping bodies out there, I want protection, I'll tell you anything you want to know, essentially. So, uh, he's like, oh, like, Dutch is like, okay, so was it Margos, is that the one doing it? And this guy's like, no, no, it's not Margos, it's this guy, I forget his name, Leo something. Or uh, Leon yeah, Leor, Schlavik, or... Leor. <laughs> yeah. Leor. Leor Schlavik, yeah, something. that sounds about right. Yeah. He's like, maybe Margos is giving him orders, but this was the guy, you know, boots on the ground doing the killing. And, uh, like, ah. And he also kind of tells Dutch about the fact that, uh, this is all because of the money train robbery. Yep. And so this kind of clues Dutch in to that whole, uh, double homicide that he was going after last season, uh, where he got the, he got called into those bodies from the money train robbery. So now he's kind of realizing, oh, that's probably what that was about, was, uh, was this whole the money train got robbed there that night? Dun dun dun. So he's getting a little bit closer to uh, to the strike team there <laughs> and finding out what they did. Yeah, uh, strike team's worried. Uh, we get a couple scenes where they they're talking about this shit, and then Tavon walks in and they keep, they quit talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So uh, Dutch is kind of, he, he wants to call in the feds, because once he knows that Margos is involved, he's like, the feds want him, so let's call in the feds, get their help and everything. Uh, so a treasury agent shows up, and Dutch is like, oh, that wasn't what I was expecting. I thought, like, like you know, an FBI guy or somebody was going to show up. And uh, this treasury guy says that, oh, well, you know, we were, we've been looking into the Armenian mob and how they launder money for a while. So, so we had one of the guys that pays protection money to the Armenians put $50,000 of marked money into their payment to the Armenians so that we could kind of track it and see how they, they, how they were uh, laundering their money. But it's like none of our, you know, this money robbery, money train robbery explains why none of those bills have hit the bank yet because um, um, we kind of wondered what the fuck was going on. And uh, so this kind of, so now we as the audience kind of know that there's all this marked money inside the money train sash. <laughs> yeah, that the strike team does not know about. <clears throat> that adds a whole bunch of tension. Where you're just like, oh shit, are they gonna find this out before they fucking spend that money? Yeah, too. Like, uh, well, you know what happens in the next episode with yeah. some of that money? Like, I'm I'm guessing that's gonna come into play later on. Oh yes, <laughs> it would. <laughs> you know, we still don't, we still don't have a title from that money train yet, do we? Or a total, rather. No, I think maybe at some point we will, but definitely not yet. Right. I know uh, in that one scene where Vic's kind of going through the trunk, it didn't look like very much. I'm assuming they must have it buried in a bunch of those trunks, not just in that one trunk, because it didn't seem like that much money. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, it didn't seem like there was that much in there. I agree. Yeah. All right. He um, was taking out a bunch of stacks. Yes. No, yeah. No, no. <laughs> they had giant cinder block sized, you know, blocks of money. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so they're kind of going to keep an eye on this whole marked money thing. Um, 
Let's see. Oh, Armin apparently also he he made sure to tell people that uh, that the money train bodies were dropped by the robbers. So now if the strike team does get caught, they're also on the hook for those murders, not just the robbery of the money train. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't what? kill those guys. Yeah, those people were shot by the other Armenians. We tried to find out what that was all about. I guess it was an internal thing where somebody thought somebody was stealing and Armin was the one who actually called them, uh, the other guys, to take out the guys who were stealing. And what about the unibrow guy? Yeah, he was the guy who kind of, I guess, called the the second group of Armenians to take out the, the guys who were stealing, I think. But he doesn't want to admit to the fact that he had anything to do with the murders. He just wants to point, you know, fingers to the to the robbers. <laughs> All right. Um, so they get, uh, let's see, I think they, they go to Lior Slavic's house, and they end up finding a receipt for a shipment uh, to Greece. And the shipment contains dry ice. They don't know what's in it, but they know there's a bunch of dry ice in there. Yeah. <laughs> so Dutch is like, maybe that's our missing feet. I'm going to have this rerouted to to the, you know, the cop house here. And, um, they start interviewing Leo Slavic, who doesn't want to give up anything, and they're just kind of talking to him through a translator, and it's not really going anywhere, and he doesn't want to give up any kind of information on Margos or anything like that. So they get the package, they open it up, and what's inside the package, Larry? A foot. Size 10, I think. <laughs> yep. I don't know how Dutch knew that. Yeah. He didn't even, like, look inside the tongue for, like, the size or anything. He's just like, oh, I know that's a size 10 and a half. Yeah, yeah, he knows right away. Maybe he has a foot fetish, too. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. So, yeah, they <laughs> kind of got the same Quentin Tarantino kind of haircut. Yeah. <laughs> um, they go hand in hand. But Dutch was right, though. Yeah, he's he totally was. right. I don't know. But uh, he's trying to... When you have a foot fetish, like, are you into chopped up men's feet? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, what is he doing with those feet? Is he eating them or something? Uh-huh. Is that why he said delicious feet? Oh, foot soup. Like foot stew. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Otherwise, could... what do you do with just a bunch of a bunch of feet? I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's like a weird trophy. Yeah, you could make, like, a necklace, you know, like Daryl Dixon on the uh, Walking Dead. Doesn't he have, like, a necklace of ears where you could just make, like, yeah. a necklace of feet? It's heavy. pretty strong. Yeah, it's heavy. You have to Hulk Hogan to wear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not for the faint of heart, but you could you could do it, though. It would start to smell real quick, I think, though. Yeah, really would. It's already feet, so. <laughs> now it's I rough. don't know. Yeah, I really wish they explored that more. Like, what was he doing with these feet? Yeah, I hear you. Does he does he come back around? Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, he'll be a really an important part of this season. Oh good. All right. Um. Yeah. So where where were we? We oh he gets to so they realize that uh you know the address that the package was supposed to go to is where you know Margos is going to be tomorrow when the package is supposed to be there. So they're just like, well, somebody's got to go pick him up in Greece. But uh, nobody's going to listen to us because we're just, you know, LA detectives. So we need to go to someone higher. So the treasury guy's like, oh, yeah, I've been to some parties. Like, I can, I'll set this up the ladder. But that does nothing. <laughs> nope. um, apparently, people in Greece 
just hate Americans um, because we keep trying to be everyone's world police and stuff like that. So <clears throat> no one's going to listen. They're just like, fuck it. Uh, yeah, you know. So what? He's going to be there. Who cares? Fuck you, Americans. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> so Dutch calls, and uh, we'll say this for the rest of I guess, but man, it's great when Dutch calls. And he's just so trying to get these people to go like he's gonna be there all you gotta do is pick him up <laughs> and he's just being so arrogant and amazing in the scene and i fucking love it yeah <laughs> but uh so yeah they end up not being able to get anybody to do anything so margo skates for now but we'll we'll be seeing more of him later they were so close <laughs> yep all they had to do was show up. Oh, they probably would have just escaped out of their paddy wagon or whatever. Yeah, they seem pretty laid back. Like, murderer? Nah. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> He's wanted in, like, four countries for murder? Eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yawn. I'm sure he'll behave here. This yeah. is Greece. Greece would be nice, though. Yeah. Sure and what? I'm pretty hairy. <laughs> so... <laughs> fit right in huh yeah that's all i'm saying <laughs> all right um that's it for dutch's storyline right like he's trying to yeah, he's pretty much out, that's because he can't get anybody in greece to arrest milos or whatever his name is what's his name he goes <laughs> uh margos margos because <laughs> <laughs> so, so now we're getting to the meat and the potatoes right jank yeah now it's time for the strike team, who are riding high after their uh, their money train robbery last season. They got a whole bunch of money that they're just sitting on for now, because, you know, obviously they can't spend it right away. Um, they haven't even given it to the real estate guy yet, because they know the heat's probably on enough. But we gotta, we got to hold off for a while. But in the meantime, they're trying to play everything real by the book at this point, because they don't want any IED investigations, anything that will possibly draw attention to them at all, so they're trying to just do the job and do it exactly by the book so that there's no issues. Yep. Vic <laughs> is in a super great mood. He's They got, like, that Pina Colada song playing, he's bopping around, and then at one point it looks like he's doing, like, a Robert De Niro impression. Like, yeah. he's like are you talking to me? Like, making that face? And, like, Shane's having none of it. Like, nobody's in a good mood. <laughs> Vic is having a great time. I think Lem was enjoying it in the backseat, even though I don't think he could have even seen it. But yeah, Shane's just like, fuck this, I'm not even looking. <laughs> I've seen your De Niro face 800 times. <laughs> you talking to me? But uh, yeah, it's pretty good. So uh, yeah. so they're like... They're just kind of doing uh, yeah, like tiny drug busts, basically. Yeah, because they, they, there's a quota. They have a quota or whatever, you know, and because of the new captain in law or whatever they call him so they got some quota going on so they're hey any any good bust is a bust is basically what mick uh vick's up to mm -hmm. but um so this dude like uh there's this seems pretty good because yeah. like they, they go for the drug bust but like the car gets away and then there's like a gary coleman foot chase and <laughs> dude punches vick in the face and vick doesn't punch him back no he actually he restrains himself. Yes. I guess because they're in some, you know, civilian's house. <laughs> and they're going to be watching the whole thing. Yes. 
He wants to punch him, though. He's got the arm cocked. He's, uh, you know, on top of him. But he doesn't yep. punch him. It's a new Vic Mackey. <laughs> yep, he's trying to play it straight. He's got all that money. He's in a good mood. He's it's weird that the, the people, uh, like, he's got a bloody nose after this. after getting elbowed in the face. And uh, they give him, like, an actual towel. Like, wouldn't you just get some paper towels? Like, who's like, let's give him our good towels? Yeah, I don't know. To bleed all over. Who knows? <laughs> and then, uh, so they get yeah, back. The, the cop that they were, or the car that they were chasing, uh, caused an accident. Because I mean, even though they're playing it by the rules, and I'm sure that's exactly what they're supposed to do, it seems like they're putting a lot of people in danger just for a guy selling dime bags. <laughs> I know, but even Vic says, like, at one point, we'll, we'll, we'll just hang back, you know, because even when they're chasing them, they're not going real fast. Yeah. He's like, the helicopter's got them. So we'll just take our time and get there. Because, like, I think Shane bitches because they're sitting at, like, a traffic light or something. <laughs> so. Yeah. He's like, somebody else, some other unit can wreck their car. So Vic didn't cause that accident per se. No, but chasing this guy who ends up causing the accident, obviously, he's driving recklessly because he's trying to get away. Yeah. <laughs> All for, so they can arrest this guy for fucking selling some dime bags. Hey. He's not like... A murderer here. They all count. Yeah. They don't ask That's you true. how. They just ask you how many. <laughs> so uh, this guy who got in the accident, he got into a wreck with this van. Uh, Lem is kind of helping the guy, the driver of the van, try to get out. When uh, all of a sudden, a bunch of shots start firing. Ambush! <laughs> yeah. Everyone's ducking and covering. They're like, oh shit, who the fuck's shooting? Uh, they kind of realize the shots are coming from inside the van, but then they look and no one's inside. Yep. <laughs> so, I do like when the, when Shane and Vic kind of go up to the back of the van and they're trying to be like, come out now! Even though they don't see anybody, they're just like, they're, they got their guns drawn, they're ready. And one more bullet comes out and like shatters the glass. And the two of them, like in, in unison, drop to the ground and roll in opposite directions. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> like if me and you had to do that, we'd like end up bumping heads and fucking. Oh, I wouldn't that. even have got down in time. The bullet yeah. Just me. yeah. <laughs> but this is where we get that theme song, Jank. Seven minutes forty six seconds into the episode. Yeah. It's been a pretty like yeah. It's, yeah, the opening's really pretty solid. Like the first eight minutes are good. Yeah. I like it. Uh, let's see. So where does it go from there? Oh, they kind of realize. Uh, let's see. Uh, they realized the ammo guy was like toting the the bullets for somebody in the bizlats, and it turns out like his son's a bizlat. So the, this guy was getting ammo for the for the gang because they're getting a bunch of nine millimeters. Yeah, they're getting a bunch of uh, fucking like hardcore guns. Oh, I thought that was... Oh, yeah, yeah, the Bizlash. Yeah. 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 The other guys are getting... The 1.9s are getting the uh, 9 millimeters. No, they're both getting the big guns. Oh. Oh. I told you. The army... Yeah, the army guy who stole all those guns from the the army, uh, he was selling half to the Bizlats, half to the 1.9ers. So I was basically, you know, being like, oh, hey, they're buying this. You have to buy this so that you can keep up. (laughs) Oh, okay. his own, like, arms race. Why th- yeah, I, I totally missed it then. Because wasn't all the ammo, like, didn't they say it was 9mm a- ammo? 
Um, maybe. I thought for sure that's what they said, but I don't know a lot about guns either, so maybe you can use 9mm ammo on these machine guns. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, let's just assume anyway, it's that. Or bazookas. Yeah, we'll go with that for now. All right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so, that would be awesome if that's what this episode was about. This guy's like selling bazookas. Yeah. You know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll always buy a bazooka if it's around. I'll always Hell buy yeah. I, I've never said no. That's one thing you can't pass up in Walmart. No, God, no. You have to get the bazooka. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. Uh, Even so, if it's not on sale. We also get to meet Shane's woman who just happens to be there making out. So she works there? No, she's a realtor. She was just there, I guess, you know, making out with her. She was just there to steal a kiss, as she says. Uh. <laughs> Ask a question and steal a kiss. Huh. Um, yeah, so we meet Mara, uh, Shane's lady, who apparently he's been seeing for about two months now. Which, oh, this is something I should mention. It says on IMDb that this episode takes place only 48 hours after the end of season two. Which, that's that's fake news. <laughs> there's no way this is 48 hours after the end of season two. Yeah, there's no way Julian and his new partner are that comfortable and shit. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Danny's got a new job within 48 hours. And yeah, already exactly. Working there. Yeah. There was no hint of this Mara last season, so... Yeah. Yeah, I'm it not buying It doesn't make any hints. sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely been a couple of months, I would say. Yeah, it has to be. Because even when Vic says some later on, like, oh, we're going to set up the money for a little bit, for a couple more months, they, it seems like they were getting ready to give the money, you know, to the guy already. Yeah. So, that's it's definitely been a couple of months, I would say. Has to be. But, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, they decide they're going to go out looking for these guns. Um, Vic, he kind of finds out about how Shane is buying a car for Mara. Uh, yeah. At least putting you know the down payment down and helping her get financing. And she's, he's just like, you just met this girl. Like, that's a terrible idea. And... And he's really worried because of the whole money train thing. He doesn't want him out there spending a bunch of cash. Like, that's going to look bad. <laughs> In case anybody notices. Shane's just like, oh, this business is usual for me. I'm always in debt up to my eyeballs. He's like, it's pre-owned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, basically Vic and Shane are going off to do something on the two of them. And then the other three are going out. But uh, Lem stops to go get something from, like, the vending machine, and he runs into Armin, the, uh, yeah. the Armenian, <laughs> who was there talking to Dutch. And he's like, oh, hey, I recognize you. Which, I mean, that's, that's pretty good of him to just recognize him, this guy he randomly saw once for two minutes a couple of months ago. And he didn't even talk to Lem. No. Yeah, it's not, it, yeah if it was Shane, it'd be one thing, but I was just a guy in the passenger seat. You're in L.A. I'm sure there's a lot of guys that look like Lem out there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Blonde, short blonde hair, maybe a bad tattoo here or there. I'm sure there's a, like, you could just throw a dart out the window and you see that guy. Yeah. yeah. All right. But anyways, yeah, he, he, he's got a photographic memory. <laughs> it must be in the unibrow. He's like, I remember you and your friend Cletus. Yeah, she's <laughs> kind of like Cletus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, Lem is obviously freaked the fuck out. He gets out of there as quick as he can, and he goes to tell Vic and Shane, just like, uh, fucking Armin's here, and, uh, he knows about, he remembers me and Cletus Van Dam, and Vic's just like, 
what the fuck? Why did you give him the same fake name you used for the storage unit that we uh, were renting to keep all the money in? Which, yeah, it does seem like a terrible idea. <laughs> yes. We're a chain, though. He's a dumbass. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Very dumb. Yeah. So they're like, like, oh shit, now we gotta move all the money. We're getting a new fucking storage unit with a new name. <laughs> and uh, we're moving this shit tonight. Uh, so Vic and Shane go to see Kern. Anyway, first, first I think they go to the Bizlats at the arcade, right? Yeah, yeah, they go to the arcade. And they yeah. ask about, you know, the guns and shit, where the guns are at, and all that kind of jazz. I don't really remember. Then they go and talk to wheelchair guy, and there's a great yeah, guy. Van Bro. Yeah, Van Bro is back. Oh, Van Bro, yeah. <laughs> probably the probably the line of the episode, or one of them's in there. But anyways, he finds out that like he's, I like I do like that. Uh, remember last season, his wheelchair got stolen, and now he's in like a motorized scooter. So they did oh. get him a, new, a nice new ride, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Strike two oh, looked out for him. I didn't really notice that. Yeah, but. <laughs> Basically, he tells Vic and Shane, like you, you know who, you know who's buying all these guns. You know, you, you know your buddy. And it turns mm-hmm. out, who is it, Jank? Kern. Kern. It's fucking Kern's Kern. back already. Yeah. They uh, were very short sighted in burning him last time. <laughs> yeah. They were like, oh, we'll never need to get Kern's help again. Oh shit, we already do. Yeah, we need Kern. But is, does he look <laughs> more ripped? Ah, uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, he seems jacked in, in, in this season or whatever. I love Kern. By the way, yeah. that's what we call corn on the cob here at the house, by the way. I'll be like, you want Kern? And she'll be like, yeah, let's make Kern. So we call we call <laughs> corn on the cob Kern here. That's awesome. Not that anybody cares. Anyways, but yeah, Kern. He's like, yes, a fine tribute to me. See, I this is where I thought Kern is buying... He's buying all that nine millimeter ammo because they have all the nine millimeters because they have these little bullshit guns and they, he found out that the uh, the bizlats are getting the machine gun so he was getting nine millimeters at least just to you know try to even it up a little bit. Uh, no, I think I think the nine millimeters come in because Vic says you know I think that was maybe at the, at the arcade when he's like if you're arming yourselves with anything more than this. Like we're gonna, I'm gonna make you my personal pinata <laughs> oh, type thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where the nine millimeter stuff came in. The rest, it was all the business deals were about MP5s. Um, yeah, I think they were all trying to get. Both sides are trying to get the MP5s. All right. Because yeah, it's got selling to the other ones for sure. So. <laughs> as soon as like, as soon as people start talking about guns with numbers and stuff, it's all the same gun to me at that point. I don't yeah. know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, we do get to see the MP5s later, and you can definitely tell the difference, because those are like, you know, <laughs> full-on machine guns. Yeah. Um, so we see Vic and Shane, they're at the locker, you know, and the dude shows up, I don't know, this is all sketchy, he's real nosy for like a guy renting out a, a storage locker. Yeah. And he's really like, all, he's like trying to, like, it's almost like he's moving in and shit. But they get a call, and there's a big... Gun battle. Slappy's dead. Yeah, Kern's, uh, like, number one guy, Slappy. <laughs> yeah, he got all wise with Vic, too, earlier, like, the, the night before or whatever. Yep. yep. Slappy's dead. Because, obviously, Kern is very upset still from last season uh, when Vic kind of fucked him over. So, yeah. 
so he's not in, really in the mood to help out. Nope, not at all. And then when Slappy dies, he's even more pissed off. But Vic's just like, you're going to tell me when your buy is, and we're going to fucking show up and arrest this guy who's selling you these guns. Um, so they all go to basically have this big you know, gun buy, and Vic's just like, you think I'm actually going to buy this? Like, all your guys are hanging out like it's fucking happy hour and shit. Like, no one looks like they're actually here to do business. Like, you, you, you're, you're just doing this to phone me. And Kern pretty much is like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's angry. He's bitter. Yep. And I, you know, I get it. I would be. Yeah, understandably. Like, they they really fucked him over last time for uh, for no reason, really. They could have helped him out a little bit. Yeah. Um. So what else happens next then, Jank? Uh, uh, then Shane, after his talk with Vic, he does go tell Mara that he's not going to be able to help her with the car. And she kind of flips the fuck out, and she's like, is this because of Vic? Like, fuck him. <laughs> and uh, she's she's not happy. She's like, this is embarrassing. I fucking hate this. Um, so then we get, they decide that they're going to, they kind of figure, since Kern isn't really going to help them out willingly, they're going to have to illegally tap his phone. Yeah, well, we also get a, a scene at home with Vic, and the kids talking, and oh, yeah. wife's going back to work now, and... Yawn. Yeah, she's gonna be a nurse again. She's picking up some hours there. Like you gotta make it work. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Uh, we also find out that Vic has kind of been talking to Dutch a little bit about all the stuff that's going on with uh, Armin and that kind of thing. And uh, so he kind of fills everybody in that you know, oh shit, we're on the hook for these bodies. Vic doesn't know about the the marked money. Uh, because at some point, Acevedo tells Dutch, hey, you know, I saw you talking to Vic earlier. Make sure you don't tell him anything about this case. <laughs> yes. So Dutch kind of stops. Like, why? He won't tell him why. Just, yeah. Just so you think him. he knows already? He's just like, yeah, fucking strike team did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. He does know, because he makes another reference later on. It kind of, if you go back to when this all started, like, it makes sense that he would kind of suspect them. Given that he was just like, you know, uh, they were like, oh, we'll go check out that one location. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, we found nothing there. Yep. Like, Are you sure it wasn't anything to do with the money train? No. <laughs> like, yeah, it seems pretty, uh, pretty suspicious right there. I hear you. Um, so they get to code. There's going to be like the, uh, the, the, the deal goes down. So Vic's. Vic wants to call for backup, but nobody else does. Yeah, because it's an Ill illegal wiretap, so they're like, we can't call backup for this. Like, we need to keep this off the books. But he's just like, well, they got a lot of guns, so I don't want to fucking go in just the, the five of us, or we're going to die. So we got to do it this way. Um, and so they, they bring in a bunch of guys. They get back up. They storm the place while the deal's going and down. Uh, one guy manages to run into another room with one of the fucking MP5s, and so all the cops end up grabbing the other MP5s that are still out for display, and, like, they're all pointing the guns at the door. And he's like, <laughs> there's a good line where just like, it's your 800 rounds a minute versus our 4,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three. The guy gives the fuck up. <laughs> and the door opens. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, it's good. Love it. <laughs> uh, so Vic pulls the uh, the gun seller aside, and he's just like, "All right, now we got half the guns. So what about the ones you sold to the Bizlats? Like, how do we get 
those and shit. And uh, the guy's not talking, so Vic, you know, takes his, his backup piece, takes the bullets out, and uh, puts it in the guy's hand. He's just like, well, if you don't tell me what I want to know, then we're going to play some running gun. I'm going to say that, you know, you, a trained army officer, grab my backup piece and, you know, <laughs> it was some justified shoot when I shoot you right now. And, yeah. Uh, it's cool because Shane has to try to like shoot people off from the other, you know, other cops. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, watching. The evidence is around the corner. The evidence is around the corner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So eventually, the guy caves and tells him uh, he sold the guns to a guy, a Bizland named Garza. Um, then Kern, oh Kern, is getting arrested basically because of this whole deal. But Vic kind of salvages everything by being like, "Oh no, Kern, you know, told us about this. He's the reason we were here in the first place." <laughs> He set this whole thing up. He was working with us. Yeah, that's how they were getting around the illegal wiretap. That's how, you know. Yep. They figured, yeah. So it's so. kind of a win because they do get around that. And they're not in trouble. And also then Kern gets off. So it's kind of burying the hatchet with Kern where it's like, all right, you know, we fucked you over before, but we obviously helped you out here. Yeah. <laughs> You're not yep. in jail. So maybe we're even. That's true. Um, uh, so Vic goes back to Van Bro and gives him some money and is just like, hey, try to set up a meet with Garza so that we can try to buy these guns from him. And, and he's like, he goes back to the bar and he's like, Aceveda, I need a bunch of money. I need $100,000 so I can show I'm serious at this fake gun bust. Um, Aceveda's just like, no, like, do you have to go through the proper channels? And it'll take a couple of days. Like, you can't just have the money right now. And he's just like, well, if you don't like that, then go stop at an ATM. Yeah. Yep. It's the <laughs> way he yeah, says it, though, you know? Like, he just, he's kind of backing out the door, and he's got a smug smile on his face, or, or stopping an ATM. He knows Vic has that money. He does. He totally does. Yes. He knows he has it. <laughs> yep. And he also has the list now, we should mention. The treasury guy left the list with him, so if any of those bills come up, like in any big money bust or anything like that, is going to be on top of it. Yep. So that's not good. Tension. <laughs> so then we cut to Shane is back at the auto dealership with Mara. He has gone back to actually buy the car. This yeah, he got the car. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he flip-flopped right there. Yeah. Um, and Vic, meanwhile, he's going back to the, the money train stash in the, in the storage locker and getting out a bunch of money, some of which may be marked for all we know. And also we see Kern in a drive-by, retaliation drive-by. They they shoot some of the bizlats. Yeah, they shoot some of the bizlats, but Diego, who is a guy we'll see much more in the next episode and throughout this season, uh, he gets away. Yeah. Yeah. But some guy does not get away. (laughs) Yeah. A couple others, not so much. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so that's where we end. I, I went eight and a half out of ten. I was like, well, it's not quite a nine, but it's better than just an eight. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's a, that's it very fair. Very solid opening. Yeah, it was action packed. Some good, yeah. some good shield moments. I like you. All right, um, let's award this thing then. Uh, best quotes. Let's do some best quotes. Oh man. Uh, there's a there, there's some good ones in here. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good amount. Uh, there's one part where uh, 
when Tavon asks, how come they always stop talking when he comes in? Shane says, maybe we're just captivated by your winning smile. And then Tavon says, we're blinded by yours. <laughs> so good. I, I thought that was a good line. I love when they get real, like, specific and personal with their insults. Yes. Especially about Shane's teeth. His real teeth. Yeah. Yeah, those are his real teeth. That's not like, those aren't like an add-on or whatever. Um, another good quote is when they're listening to, uh, when they're listening to Kern's wiretap, he's getting, he's getting, he's getting bitched at on the phone by his old lady. And, uh, Shane says, sound like Kern's a little whipped. And then Vic's like, next thing you know, he'll be buying her a new car. <laughs> so that was a good one. Yeah, that was a sick burn right there. Yeah. That's great. Uh, what do you got? Oh, uh, let's see. I got... Early on, when Dutch is kind of talking to Claudette about, like, who are you going to bring on as my new partner? And he, he's just like, oh, there's this Gabrielle Ruiz over in Wilshire that's pretty good, I hear. And uh, Claudette's just like, Gabrielle Ruiz? She's quite a looker. And Dutch is like, <laughs> oh, is she? <laughs> yeah. Come on, you knew yeah. that. You knew that, Dutch. You're pervy as fuck, man. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, I like the first time they go see Van Bro, yep. and uh, he's painting a religious erotica. Yes. <laughs> and Shane says, where in the Bible does St. Schlong visit Our Lady of the Decap? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's probably that's probably the, the core of the episode for me. I thought that was pretty funny. That's pretty great. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know what else is very funny, even though it's just like such a stupid fucking line, and it's more of an edit than anything, but... Um, Whenever Vic finds out that uh, he, he told that dude that his name was Cletus Van Damme, he's like, you used the same name to rent the lockers? You did like, the same name you gave that dude? And then and then Shane goes, it makes Lem laugh. And then they cut to Lem, and Lem is not it's laughing so at all. And it is fucking hysterical. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I had that, too. That's so good. Yeah, I loved it. I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> he is not laughing at all. It's awesome. He's so mad. <clears throat> oh, I love it. Yep, I laughed. I laughed very hard at that scene. Yep, that <laughs> scene is great. Yeah. Um, I like that. There's a lot of good jokes about the, you know, obviously Kern's right hand man is named Slappy. So there's a couple of things where Vic's just like, whatever makes Slap happy. Yeah. And when then <laughs> Slappy ends up dying, he's like, someone slapped Slappy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They keep fucking with that guy, even after he's dead. It's still like a fuck you to this dude. Um. Uh. After they like when they when they finally get the call about the drug deal or the gun deal that's about to go down with Kern, like uh, Vic was telling him like, listen, I gotta go or whatever. You know, whenever this call comes in, it's probably gonna be in the in code. Mm-hmm. And so like the call comes in, and it's like, hey, uh, I'll be over in like fifteen minutes uh, with those guns. You got the money. Or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm ready." And then, like, he just hangs up, and then Shane's just like, "I think I broke the code." Like, I don't know. It's just funny. <laughs> it's, uh, it reminds me of uh, fucking Jay and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I think I just spilled the cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the same kind of delivery. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's a good one. Um. Oh, I like when uh, when Aceveda is asking Vic like. Oh, I need that accident report on my desk, like, from this morning. Did you finish it? He's just like, oh, yeah. And then <laughs> we see Vic going to Len, like, hey, did you finish that accident report I told you to do? 
And he's like, oh, sure, boss. <laughs> and then Ronnie's just like, hey, I thought you told me he wanted me to write that report. He does. Did you do it yet? <laughs> yeah. Well, was that just the runaround game? Yeah. Like, I guess from- it's just shit rolling downhill. Like, nobody wants to write this fucking report. Uh, oh, okay. I got gotcha. you. Right. <laughs> we know where Ronnie places after Lem. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I have any other quotes from this episode. Um, I think I had a couple. Um, I like when Dutch is like, you know of any internal Armenian mob beefs? And Vic's like, not offhand. How about <laughs> off foot? Puns. Let's see. Oh, I like when Vic's just like, he, he says to the Armenian, or not the Armenians, the, uh, the Bizlats, He's like, if you're arming yourselves with anything more serious than this, I'm going to make you my personal piñata. And Shane's like, yeah, that means we shove candy up your ass <laughs> and hit you with a bat. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Shane's weird, man. He's into some crazy stuff. Yeah, he's real creepy. <laughs> I think possibly my favorite is uh, when Vic, or not uh, when Dutch, Dutch is calling the Greeks later on and just screaming at them. If my tone sounds superior, it's because I'm American and you're Greek. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why they don't help you. Because you say those kinds of things to them. Yep. He never learns. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do the Kristen Bell Award for the best guest star. Uh, I know Kristen Bell this season. I went with um, uh, the guy that plays the uh, Treasury agent. I went with that guy. Oh, okay. Um. I don't know if you recognize him. The guy's name's Chris Williams, but I know him as Crazy Eyes Killer. <laughs> Did you ever see that episode of um, <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm? No. No? Oh. Okay, well, he plays this rapper guy that Larry David's kind of friends with, and it's very, like, those two together are very fucking funny. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> it's got to be a very different role than this. Yes, yeah, because his eyes are, like, crossed the whole time. And I think he's, like, I think he's living with Wanda Sykes, and then something happens. Like, he's, like, her man, and then, like, I don't know if he cheats on her or something, but they end up breaking up or whatever, but it's very funny. I I think he's on a few episodes. He's very good on it, though. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, I have to watch that show. I've never actually watched any of it. Uh, I think you would love it. Especially early on. It's much funnier before it becomes so, oh, just perfectly coincidental that everything is going to line up. I don't know. It gets so absurd, like, later on. But the first few seasons are very funny. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Boom, boom, boom. All right, so uh, that's who I went with. Who's your uh, Kristen Bell? Um, I went with a guy. He's kind of... A little more than a guest star because he's going to be around for a couple of episodes at least. But uh, I went with Matt Gerald, uh, who played Tommy, Julian's new partner. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy who's been in a lot, a lot of stuff. Probably most recently, I would say, you know, he was the guy who played Melvin Potter in uh, Daredevil, the guy who makes Daredevil's costume. Oh yeah, that dude. Because I looked him up when yeah. I'm, and I'm like, I don't know who Melvin Potter was in Daredevil, and I watched all the episodes of that. He's kind of gladiator, but kind of not. Yeah. I mean, he kind of had the, the saw blade going at one point, but never had the full like costume or anything. But he's a bad guy in the comic. Yeah. Although, he was one of those ones where he was just kind of dumb and kind of like naive. Like He kind of got roped into being a bad guy, and he eventually kind of reformed. 
So, and he has like you know like like mental problems sometimes that make him go bad, but he's really not a bad guy. All right, fair enough. But yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, um, he'll be in the next couple of episodes, I would say. Probably five or six. Oh. Then he gets killed. <laughs> You'll just have to tune in. <laughs> yes, I have to legally. I'm obligated. <laughs> yeah, you have a contract. Yeah. Uh, all right. You want those snack packs? You got to perform. Why can't I just have a snack pack? <laughs> no, I love snack packs. <laughs> I thought I was your snack pack. <laughs> Such a weirdo. <laughs> you want me to take my shirt off for you? I don't know. That movie's so good. Would you like Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore better? I love them both, but I'd have to go Billy Madison. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Billy Madison's just more fun. Yeah, just every line of it is so perfect. Yeah. Like, there's no bad parts where I'm just like, oh, not this part. Yeah. Shampoo is better! <laughs> Even just the stupid stuff, like where the, his buddy is like hosing that kid down, <laughs> making him cry. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, that's good. <laughs> it's just all of it. So good. What's today? Uh, <laughs> October? <laughs> I don't know. All right. So, anyways, that's, that's the Adam Sandler portion of the show. Maybe that's our theme for this season, Jake. Oh, I love it. Maybe we as long as we don't ever have to talk about Lil Nicky. Oh, dude. Little <laughs> Nicky is fucking awesome. <laughs> I saw it once in the theater and was like, this, this is atrocious. <laughs> no, it's not atrocious at all. Do you like the Water Maybe, Boy? Yeah. Uh, Water Boy's all right. Yeah, but Little Nicky's even a little better than that. What? I say you watch it again, because it is very funny, man. Especially if you like the Sandler stuff. Like, Little Nicky <laughs> is solid. Man, I... I... Disliked it horrendously when I first saw it, but maybe yeah, if it's stream. Just in a bad mood. Maybe, yeah. but I don't know. Seventeen-year-old <laughs> Kevin was sexually frustrated, and then you saw it, and you're like, "Fuck <laughs> this movie." But thirty-seven-year-old sexually frustrated Kevin James. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a whole new game. game. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll um, maybe I'll watch it. Uh, so let's do MVP of the episode. All right. I went with Claudette because, you know, once again, she's like, she's the moral barometer of the show. Yeah. And <laughs> she's real sassy now with, uh, you know, Aceveda. She ain't taking no shit from anybody. She's just not doing it. <laughs> I can't give her MVP because she fucked up pretty hard. Oh. She should not have... <laughs> She should not have given her ideas to Aceveda. She should have well, seen she, that coming. She didn't know. Well, she didn't know he was staying at that point, though. Yeah, but you know him. He's going to try to do something. Yeah, but still, it was kind of like that guy. She was like, hey, listen, oh, two captains talking, you know, the outgoing asking, like, so what are you, you know, what are you going to plan to do? And like, oh, I'm going to try this and that. I don't think she thought. Like, she was like, she's a good person. Yeah, she is, she is definitely the best person on this show. That's why. That's, <laughs> That's why for she sure. Was, she's a good person. She thought she could trust him. She knows he's shady, but thought, oh, he's going into politics. He's not my boss anymore. Oh, I, you know, maybe I can have a genuine moment with this jackass for... Nope, I can't. Nope, he's a dick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just going to stab you right in the back. Yep. 
right, that's that's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Dutch. Dutch was my MVP this episode. Why Dutch? Uh, <laughs> I just loved him. Now that we're back to like classic Dutch of just him being arrogant and just having a good time, making jokes about feet and stuff like that, I, I just entirely enjoyed him in this episode. I found him very he's, amusing. He's very Dutchy in the next episode. Yes. <laughs> he's very Dutchy. <laughs> yes. Pass that Dutchy on the left hand side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so... All right. Next up, we got the Vendrell Cup for the biggest fuck-up of the episode. Uh, who do you got? Uh, well, I got two, uh, as we kind of mentioned already, Claudette, for uh, giving away her ideas to Aceveda. Um, she believed in him too much, I guess. <laughs> and uh, my second fuck-up was also the, the uh, police force in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> Who just had to go pick up Margos, but chose not to. Hmm. Oh, all right. I went with uh, Ben Drell because yeah, him with his you know Cletus Van Dam like ties them together now. You know what I'm saying? Like if they would like look that name up somehow, some way, like mm-hmm. you know. And on top of that, yeah, like kind of paper trail for Cletus Van Dam. No, and then he went and bought the fucking car anyways. <laughs> Like Vic's like, yeah. just don't, just don't go buy a car right now. We gotta lay low. And he's like, I'm gonna go buy a car. Like, just if anything, don't buy a car right now. And he's like, all right, I'm just gonna go buy a car real quick though. But he, like, no, don't. Even buy in the best of circumstances, where you haven't committed a crime, buying a car with a woman you just met two months ago probably isn't the greatest idea. That is so dumb. Yeah, he definitely fucked up. It's- <laughs> So, I went with Not Shane. a good move. No. All right. Uh, well, let's do the Dumpy Award for the worst part of the episode. Matthew Mackey! <laughs> <laughs> I have to agree. Especially when you combine Matthew with classical music. It's like, oh, I don't like any of this. <laughs> yes, I hear you. Like, listen, whatever, man. It's just like, I understand the, the whole storyline. You need something else, but... I, I, I'm so not interested in anything that goes on at whatever address Vic lives at. <laughs> I don't want to see that spinoff. You know what else I don't like about this scene is there's the part where uh, or, uh, Corinne is just like, I'm going to go back to work, and there's a nursing shortage, and the pay is good. It's like, yeah. clearly that's just, she was rehearsing this like that over and over again. <laughs> like, that's not a real way someone would say that line. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. That's her trying to be an actress. <laughs> now, not paying up. Did do you get the impression like maybe I just picked up like she's not banging that teacher guy, is it? Is he or is she? I don't think so. I know that does come up like there like if Vic at least thinks that's happening. I can't remember if there's anything there or not. <laughs> or at least he, you know, he sees this shit and is just like, "What the fuck's going on here?" But I don't he think he seems a little are. comfortable in the house and stuff. Yeah. So I didn't know, like, if maybe she was banging him. Because, you know, yeah, why I would say at this point, no. All right. Fair Where enough. it goes from here, I'm not totally sure. <laughs> I don't want it to go anywhere. Like, the less <laughs> it goes, the better for me. <laughs> In fact, you know what I would love? Is the new teacher guy takes the wife and all the kids and they move to Montana and then we don't see, see them again because Vic don't care at that point. <laughs> yep. He's got 
have stayed as a cop in, in L.A. rather than go see his family in boring-ass Montana. Spin-off! <laughs> the Mackies in Montana. <laughs> um, that would be amazing. By the way, I was looking at uh, Autumn Chiklis, you know, Michael Chiklis' daughter, oh, yeah. her IMDb, and like, like, literally, other than The Shield, there's one thing, like, one short in 2018 or something like that. All That's right. literally it. Her entire IMDb. Well, maybe she didn't, maybe she, you know, got done with The Shield and like, I don't, I don't really like it. I, I want to go be a veterinarian or something. Yeah, like, I can totally see that. But then, like, why come back to do one small short, one TV short or whatever it was? Yeah, maybe it was just, hey, you know, oh, they knew the director and, you know, that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what Autumn Chicklis does these days. <laughs> you know, maybe she's a, you know, a, what do they call social influencer? Oh. Uh, not a real job. <laughs> wrote a book? And, oh, nice. Yeah. Was it put out by One Nine Books? I don't think it was. Is this now? Oh, so, I don't know. She went to college, it looks like, or something. I don't know, maybe just living a, just a regular old life. Yeah. She's cute, though, right? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Be cute. All right. Not too uh, bad. I don't mean that in a creepy way, Michael Chiklis. Don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. old. I'm just saying, you got a, you got a nice-looking kid, that's all. <laughs> yeah, it's a compliment. Yes. All right, so... Uh, all right, so uh, we got actually two casting segments we're going to do uh, this season. Oh, yeah. So I figure we'll do one after the first episode and one after the second episode. Oh, good. All right. Mix it up a little bit. All right. So uh, let's do the Big Brother one first. All right, explain uh, to people what, what's going on here this time. Yeah, exactly. This is kind of a, uh, a reverse casting segment, uh, a little bit different than the one we normally do, where both Larry and I are big fans of Big Brother. Um, we've watched many many of the seasons. I think you've probably seen them all, right? Uh, well, I bailed on last season because they were very racist. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's That's like every other season right now, it seems like last uh eight years <laughs> um but uh yeah so basically what we're gonna do is we're gonna assume that you know you had a bunch of all of the big brother cast members were all in a room and they wanted to put on a play of the shield they're gonna reenact episodes of the shield who would you want to play who uh which big brother cast members would you want to play certain characters on the shield Okay. That's what we're going to do here. All right. Uh, so we're going to start out with the, the same two characters that we're going to be doing later on in the show for uh, recasting them in other parts. Uh, we're going to do Vic Mackey and Shane Vendrell first. Yes. The Shield. Go! Since, you know, Big Brother's a kind of a limited thing, I'm only going to go, like, two names with each. Because if I, if I start naming all these people, I'm going to run out of shit. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. All right, so... All right, I also... Have, well, I've got two or one. The, these were your idea. Like, both of the uh, uh, themes this season um, with the Big Brother and... Did you announce the other theme? Uh, I think we did talk about it before, but... 
Yeah, we'll get there. All right. <laughs> so, all right, let me hear, like, let's start with Shane. Because okay. I want to hear how, like, because, all right, so let me hear who you think would play Shane. Okay, so to me, the person who has always, since their first appearance, looked like um, Shane uh, or Walton Goggins, to me, the most has been Enzo from BB12 and currently in BB All-Stars uh, in the second one. Um, to me, he looks a lot like Shane. Okay. They got the same kind of thinning hair. <laughs> yeah, he don't have the chops that Shane has, but, uh, you no. know. But in this season, especially the All-Star season, uh, Enzo, the Meow Meow, he's very, like, he's, he's more uh, toned up and stuff. As mm-hmm. opposed to like just you know like a you know just a New Jersey thin guy or whatever, so uh, he you know, Shane likes yeah. to work out. He's checking his, his his own butt out in the mirror and stuff like that. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So in the face, they look a lot alike to me. Um, I'm not sure how his southern accent is. So I figured if he can't pull off a convincing southern accent, we get Donnie from BB. 16, uh, Donnie Thompson, that weird, like, bearded janitor guy, <laughs> to do the voice. And we just kind of dub him in there. Oh, that guy, Donnie. Let me, uh, let me look <laughs> yeah. him up again. Let me look. Uh, I gotta see. But now he's southern. Oh, he's yes. cartoonishly southern. Yes. So maybe just have him hide behind the couch and do the voice or something like that. Yeah, he's like the fifth member of that Duck Dynasty family. Yes. Whatever they were called. Um, yep. Yeah, the rub. <laughs> okay, I see where you're going with this. All right, I like it. All right. Yeah. So that's what I had. What did you have? Um. See, I I went with Cody. You know, Cody, the Marine guy that dated that girl and they got yeah. married. Yeah. I Jessica. went with that guy because I could see him, like, not looks wise, personality wise, being Shane. Like, I could see him being very like. Not, you know, not a whole lot of fun. <laughs> this kind of grouchy, not the smartest guy, but, you know, has his moments type of thing. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Like, Shane definitely has, like, he is fun. I think Shane is definitely more fun than Cody. <laughs> but uh, they definitely have that kind of scary stare at certain times. You're just like, yes. oh, God, I don't want to piss this guy off. <laughs> and the, the other person I went with that I think would be fun to watch... Um, be Shane is Kevin from Big Brother 19. Do you remember this guy? He thought he was like a gangster goomba kind of guy, slick yep. back hair, but he was like, you know, almost 55 or so. Yep. I could see him pulling a Shane off. Like, different vibe on a Shane, but like, a, you know, like, you know, sh- you know, Shane, um, like if they had Shane Returns, like, you know, Dark Knight Returns where Shane's older, <laughs> it would be Kevin. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I like where you're going on that one. Yes. <laughs> All right, so what do you got for Vic, then? Uh, for Vic, I had two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, we might be on the same page on at least right. one of these. Um, first, I was thinking uh, Cappy, obviously, from BB6. Oh! Wow, that totally... I missed Cappy altogether. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they look very alike. They're both both bald men. Uh, Cappy was a like a firefighter, so it's kind of like being a cop. That is like that is (laughs) the family. How did I miss Cappy? (laughs) 
I thought, I thought for sure you would have Cappy out there. By the way, I couldn't stand Cappy. Yep. I hated Same. the friendship so fucking bad they could kiss my fucking ass. Like I know on the I know on the new All Star season like that that Tyler dude's like fucking big old school Big Brother is so boring and shit. But it was such a better show. Like from ten yes one to ten so much better than eleven on. It, it just really is. But oh, when the you know the friendship and the Sovereign Six were going at it on BB Six ah oh, that was. Such a great fucking summer. That season was so fucking good. But I didn't watch it all about later on, but man, I loved it. All about him, Cappy. That's yeah, crazy. Good old Cappy. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a that's a slam dunk right there. I mean, I should I should <laughs> lose points just for not even thinking of Cappy. <laughs> I blocked him out. That's a, that's all. That's my only explanation. I blocked him out. I can't, yeah, I can't blame you for that one. Who wants to remember Cappy? No, I'm much the worse for thinking of Cappy a couple of times this week. Yes, you need counseling, I think. <laughs> By the way, every time you say Cappy, uh, it comes up as Kathy on the uh, transcribed thing. <laughs> the subtitles that, you know. You know. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's Kathy. Kathy would be a great Nick Mackey. <laughs> yes. And it, who, who's your other choice for Vic? Um, the other one I had was uh, Willie Hands from BB14. Uh, Russell Hands' brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's another good one, too. Yes. Yep. He was a big buff guy who loved getting in fights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, didn't he, like, headbutt a guy? Yeah, I think he headbutted Joe. Oh, yeah, I think that guy got him kicked out of the house. Joe the chef. Yep. Yes, okay. He was very aggro, so I think that would work for... Uh, yeah. Big oh, very, very good choices. I definitely didn't know. I can't. I'm ashamed of myself. I didn't think of either one of those two. Um, I'm curious what you have. The first person I went with just I went with Evil Dick. Like I could see him just. I could see Evil Dick coming in and just being a fucking asshole cop. You know what I mean? If they were, yeah. gonna, he's got that kind of personality. He's a fucking douche. That's an out of the box choice, but I like it. Yeah, I, I kind of like, yeah, I, maybe I didn't think these out as well as you did. Uh, I kind of see him even more as, like, Shane. Yeah, yeah, I mean, frame-wise kind of stuff. the more wiry, more of a loose cannon one. <laughs> that is, yeah. That's gonna, who knows who he's going to stab in the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I dropped the ball on Vic. Because uh, the only other name I came up with was Bunky. Oh, Yeah. You remember Bunky from season two? He was gay, and him and Kent didn't get along because Kent, Kent did not like uh, he did not condone homosexuality in the least. But then by the end of the summer, they became like best friends, and they were like always just hanging out with each other. And then they became like real friends in real life. But I, I just found out Kent's dead. Really? Yeah. Did you ever see Big Brother Two? That is two. Yeah. Um, I never saw the whole thing. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the season with Dr. Will. That's when it, like, you know, Dr. Will was great back then. He's so he mild-mannered compared to what goes on nowadays. But back then, it was something amazing when it was happening. I need to watch that one next, probably, because I just finished watching uh, BB7, the oh. uh, All-Stars one that he was in. And no, you he, didn't uh, watch he was 5 yet, though, right? Uh, no, I did not watch 5. Watch 5. Before you watch two, two is boring, man. You're not gonna love it. It is <laughs> okay. compared to what you were used to. It's real dull. Like if you like, 
I watched season two back when it was on, so I was way into it. But I've gone back since, like after watching all the other seasons and put two on. It's Dollsville because there's no veto competition. There's just a head of household, and then they just kind of sit around for two episodes, bullshitting and stuff. And there's some things that go on, like with the Hardy and the and that girl. I can't remember her name. And but for the most part, it's Dollsville. Five is very good. I would definitely watch five. Five is an okay. awesome, awesome right. season. Yeah, all right. That's probably gonna be my next <laughs> next journey. It's, it's so good. Yeah, five is so goddamn good. That's with uh, Jace, right? Yeah, Jace and Cowboy and uh, oh my, oh Marvis. Yeah, Nakomis. Marvin's on there, uh, and oh, the lovely Karen. I love Karen. <sighs> so hot. She looked kind of like Phoebe, not Phoebe. Uh, Lisa Kudrow. She looked like Phoebe from Friends. <laughs> I loved Karen. She was kind of dingy though. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's she's good looking. Yeah, yeah, I like her. He was just like she's an artist. At least she was. I mean, I haven't seen her since BB Five, so I don't know what she's up to these days. But. Uh, Alright. Um Yeah, Bunky. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. That's a good choice. Bunky was very <laughs> Just like Big Mackey. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, Michael Chiklis. Don't don't hurt me, please. Yes. You know no. I love you. Yeah, that was a joke. Compliment. <laughs> Alright, well I guess we're ready to talk about episode two. Blood and Water Jank. Yeah. Original air date, 316, give me a hell yeah, 04. <laughs> and once again, directed by Clark Johnson, who directed the last episode and directed, you know, he directed several episodes before this season. Yeah, I think he did the pilot, right? He was yeah. the one who started this whole thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. This uh, this one was written by Charles H. Egley and Kim Collins. Another another tag team. Kim Carnes? <laughs> Kim Clements. Okay. I wish it was written by Kim Carnes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't she a singer like uh Yeah. Total uh, Eclipse of the Heart. Is that her? No. That uh, was Bonnie Tyler. Kim Carnes uh, was uh uh Betty Davis Eyes. She had uh, Betty Davis Oh eyes. yeah. Yes, that I knew it yep. had something with eyes. Yeah, something with eyes. But um, all right. So yeah, how we yeah how how are we doing this one? Because we're gonna go the same way. Are we breaking down certain chunks? Yeah, let's let's start the uh, the easy stuff first. Um, so Julian and Tommy, uh, they find a kid who was in a drive by. Um, this ends up being the case that Dutch and Claudette work the rest of the time. Um. So then the next time we see Julian in this episode, him and Tommy are chasing down some tweaker. Uh, they end up chasing him into this little church in, like, a strip mall. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Julian starts beating the hell out of him. He has got, yeah. got his bloodlust going again. He's just, like, wailing on this guy. Um, and apparently we find out later on that the pastor of this church filed a complaint against Julian. And uh, Aspeda is kind of chewing him out a little bit. Like, but It does kind of seem, I mean, he... May have been going overboard, but at the same time, it did seem justified because this guy was like high on PCP, and it took like as the guy, as Tommy says, it took him like four guys to get this guy into the fucking you know paddy wagon. So they beat his legs like he was Rick James, and they were Charlie and Eddie Murphy. <laughs> they beat the hell out of his legs. 
Ah, my legs! Yeah, <laughs> so good. Uh, oh, that's perfect. Yo, man, I think I think Rick needs some help. Yo, man, we just gave him some help. <laughs> that's one of the greatest skits in the history of television. <laughs> it really is. There's nothing not awesome about Rick James' <laughs> true Hollywood story from The Chappelle Show. Oh, man. I need to watch those again oh, so badly. Yo, we just gave him some help. It's so fucking hilarious. <laughs> and Charlie Murphy is was... so naturally hilarious. He really was. It's surprisingly, yeah. he never did anything else besides those, really, that I ever saw. Like, he should have been a breakout fucking, you know, everywhere. Way guy. funnier than Eddie. I'll be honest with you. Ooh. I, I like Eddie Murphy, but Charlie Murphy has, like, just a natural charisma about him that makes him hilarious. He does, yeah. He should have just been, like, a storyteller. Oh, my God. Made that a thing. Fucking funny. R.I.P. Charlie Murphy. All yeah. right, so, um, uh, so Danny, uh, she shows up pissed off that Acevedo missed her hearing, uh, but then he's just like, you know, no, I already called somebody this morning, made a phone call, like, you're in, you're hired, you can start tomorrow again, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So she's already got her job back. She's busy. I, I guess, uh, supposedly it was said somewhere that the whole firing of Danny was basically just an April Fool's joke on the audience. <laughs> What? I think wasn't the last uh, the the season finale of season two on April Fool's Day. Uh, let me go back and look at my notes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I guess they kind of put that whole storyline in there, basically as an April Fool's joke. They kind of knew she was coming back. Um, I guess they just wanted to rile people up, and apparently some people were pissed off and like writing letters and stuff. Yeah, it's Although, fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a little people strange are expecting people to be off this show and they're hoping they're off this show and then they're not <laughs> off this show people are gonna get pissed no people were writing they realized that they got rid of danny that's the weird thing no i was talking about me <laughs> yeah <laughs> this whole storyline definitely seems like one of those uh jim's going the, you know, Stanford type things. <laughs> it's like, you know, he's going to come back. Yeah. You know, know, Danny's going to be back. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Danny sees Julian out in the parking lot. She's like, oh, she's all happy. Like, hey, I'm coming back tomorrow. And, uh, oh, Julian's like, yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, cool. <laughs> well, I'll see you. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of weird and awkward, and he's clearly enjoying being with Tommy now. Like he's like, this guy's cool. He lets me like, s- like actually drive the car. <laughs> he doesn't call me gay. Yeah. He doesn't remind me I'm gay every five minutes like Danny does. He doesn't chew me out for calling him sir. He never blanket partied me. <laughs> that we know of. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. He could have been there. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. But uh, eventually Danny then shows up at his house and just like, hey, just like ambushes him. Like, I think if we talk to Aceveda, he'll put us back together as partners again. And he's just like, yeah, how about no? <laughs> yeah, maybe later. I'm cool right now, though. I like yeah. what's going on right now. But, you know, if that don't work Sorry. out, maybe. She's like trying to be like, oh, please, we'll be partners, like for real. Like, like I'll be a P2 just like you, so we'll be equals. He's just like, oh, you know. You know, we'll see how it goes. But maybe we'll do lunch. Are you still a B? Yeah, all right, I'm okay. <laughs> You still a judgy fucking bitch? Oh, yeah, I'm good right now. 
I don't need you to remind me every day about the fucking, you know, uh, duality inside myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, so that's pretty much all that's going on with them this episode. That's good. Uh, Claudette, she is obviously still stinging from not getting the captain job. So she goes to track down the chief. Chief and his sporty new mustache. Yeah. Yeah, Chief's a dick, too. Everybody's kind of a dick. Yeah, everyone's got it in for Claudette, even though she's the one just trying to do her job. And Yeah, she's the only one who's not a fucking asshole, but everybody treats her like an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I can't help you. Uh, I've been ducking your calls. Um, Acevedo's going to be there for six more months. And she tries to be like, oh, he he out-politicked you. And he's just like, well, you should probably play some politics with him, then. Like, I don't want any part of this. Just you do what you have to do with him. Yeah. Yeah, Chief <laughs> washes his hands of it. He don't, he, don't want, he don't care. Yep. So Claudette's pissed. She's starting to, like, do some calculations at the barn. Like, can I afford to retire? Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Because <laughs> she does try to ask the Chief, like, to just transfer her somewhere else. She doesn't want to work with Osweida anymore. And he's like, no, there's no spots open anywhere else. So you're kind of stuck. So she's yep. trying to figure out if she can retire, if she's got enough money to retire, but apparently she doesn't. She doesn't. Um, so she ends up kind of going to Aceveda later on and trying to make nice eventually. And uh, Aceveda's like, you know, I'm going to bring in the decoy squad like you wanted, and I'm going to put you in charge of both the decoy squad and the strike team. So you're going to be leading both of those teams. So she's kind of getting a promotion. just not exactly the one that she wanted. Or really should have had. Well, right, yeah. She's supposed to be captain. <laughs> yep. And uh, it's not even for sure, I guess, that she's getting the job in six months. Like, uh, she was just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll strongly recommend you. <laughs> so it's not exactly uh, a done deal there. No. But, yeah, eventually, it, Claudette, by the end of the episode, she kind of talks to the strike team, or she talks to Vic, and is just like, hey, I need to see your team and you know, next week, Tuesday, or whatever. We're going to have a meeting. 3.30, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're bringing in the decoy squad, and I'm in charge of both of your teams. <laughs> Vic's just got to kind of be like, oh, great. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah, sweet. How neat. <laughs> yep. He's stewing. <laughs> no one's happy about this. Yeah. No one's really getting what they want out of this. Um. Um. So then I guess we could talk about the uh, the Dutch and Claudette case that they're working on, which kind of ties into the strike team stuff somewhat. Uh, basically, in this episode, both Dutch and Claudette and the strike team are both going after Garza. The, uh, the king of the bizlats. Mm-hmm. But going after him for different angles and different things, basically. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Dutch and Claudette, like we mentioned, they get called to that drive-by shooting that Julian and Tommy found earlier. And uh, there's one kid there uh, who apparently survived the whole thing, but two guys in the car who did not. They they got, you know, shot the fuck up, and they're dead. Um, so... Dutch is kind of bonding with this kid. Uh, he's kind of they're kind of trying to figure out what happened exactly. Um, they go to talk to one of the guys, Raymond. They find out Raymond was the 
like a good guy. Both of these guys were part of the Bizlats at one point. I guess one of them defected, um, and Raymond went to talk to the guy who defected and was trying to get him to come back to the Bizlats um, so that you know he didn't get killed. And the guy showed up to kill him and killed Raymond too because he was there trying to help. Oh, I see. Yeah, I kind of missed that little bit of storyline. Yeah, it, they just kind of brush over it. Like, Raymond apparently was a good guy. Like, even though he was in the gang, like, he was a good kid who was always, like, uh, protecting the, the guy, the, the uh, kid that they're interviewing, the kid who survived the shooting. They're like, oh, yeah, he was like, no, he was a great guy. Like, he, when I was in school, like, all these kids would beat up on me, but this guy would protect me and shit and, like, make sure he beat up anybody who hurt me. So, like, yeah. he was a good guy. He was my friend. Um, and so they eventually kind of, they realized that, oh, one of these, this guy was shot with one of the MP5s that uh, Garza had bought, and they find that gun, and so they start, they bring in Garza, they're trying to interrogate him, it doesn't really go anywhere, um, he's not giving up anything, he, uh, he's very just hard-ass and not giving up anything. So they put him in a lineup, and they're trying to get the, the survivor kid to pick Garza out of the lineup. And he's very, very hesitant. He, he kind of looks like he knows something, but doesn't want to say. So Dutch kind of, you know, such bonded with him, like, oh, hey, kid's picked on me too. Like, I know what it's like. Uh, if you don't want to tell us right now, you know, we'll get there. And they, they just kind of assume, oh, he recognizes Garza. He just doesn't want to tell us because he's scared. Right. But turns out, not so much. <laughs> no, he's not scared. <laughs> nope. Uh, because actually what happened with this was that he, this kid, the kid who survived, he was the shooter. Uh, he was the one who did the shooting. Garza did want this guy dead, uh, but it was this kid who did it because he wanted to get into the Bizlats. And this was, you know, the way the way in for him, essentially. The way for him to get jumped in was to kill this guy. And he didn't realize that Raymond was going to be there, so Raymond was kind of, you know, uh, a casualty, you know, friendly fire, essentially. <laughs> he didn't mean to kill him, but he accidentally killed his friend. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess that's about it for their stuff. There's a little bit more later on, but once we get to the strike team stuff, then we can talk about the little the close on that one. Yeah. Um, so the strike team stuff picks up with we uh, we see Shane and Mara sleeping, and uh, Vic starts banging on the door, waking Shane up. He's like, "Hey, we gotta go to work!" <laughs> like middle of the night. And uh, this seems pretty great because we get to see Mara in those short shorts, which I was not not sad about at all. Yeah, I hear ya. Like I like Mara's very hot, but she's so yeah. bitchy that I just want to punch her. <laughs> yes. She's yeah, it's you're very torn because yeah, she's very good looking, but man, she's she's like Yoko Ono. So, yes, she. That's exactly. <laughs> I had that in my Vendrell cup for the biggest fuck up is Shane for basically bringing in a Yoko Ono. Oh my bad, dude. I didn't mean to. Whatever. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Yeah, but she is Yoko Ono for sure. She a hundred percent is like Vic's just like you can tell the two of them do not get along. We'll get even more of that later on in this episode. Yeah. But, uh, so they go out. They're going to pretend to be white supremacists and make a deal with Garza um, to buy these guns. They 
kind of try to tell him, like, oh, hey, those guns were meant for us, but the guy double-crossed us and sold them to you instead. He's like, you know, we could try to take them from you, but we don't want to do that. We just want to try to buy them off you. We'll, we'll compensate you for them and shit like that. So they, so they set up a meeting, and uh, they're going to try to buy the guns while uh, they the other guys, Lem and Ronnie, kind of hide, you know, and try to sneak up on the place, get get the drop on these guys. Um, but it does not go as planned, does it? No, it doesn't. Garza knew what the fuck was going on. Lem and Ronnie get fucking taken with guns and shit, and, and Vic and Shane get punched in the balls. Yeah. This guy yeah. fucking punches them. It's fucking nuts. He ain't scared. He's yeah. pretty nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Strike Team gets a little pwned in this episode. Oh, they definitely do. Yeah. So he takes the money and the guns. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck you guys. Fuck you get down. nothing. I'm getting everything. <laughs> yep. And that's where we get the theme song, Jank. Eight minutes, 20 seconds. That's a late one. Oh, yeah. That is pretty late. Yeah, 8.20. Um. So uh, then I think it cuts back to the barn the next day, and they're kind of they're all bummed out because now they lost all this the hundred k, and Shane especially is just pissed off as fuck. Like, oh, I can't believe we lost all this money. And Vic's trying to be the magnanimous one and be like, oh, I'll take the hit. It was my idea. And uh, Lem's trying to be like, oh no, we can share it. Like it's it's cost to do in business. But Shane is like, no, fuck it, let him take it. Yeah, she's being a real bitch. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. And he kind of storms off. Like, he's just like, fuck you guys. I get it, though, because Vic's the one who keeps telling them, like, we got to do everything by the book and this and that. And then he just goes and does all the wild shit himself anyway. Yeah. That's true. Shane likes to get wild. (laughs) Yeah, Shane would have actually spent the money, though. Vic anticipated the money just going right back in. Like, we'll just do this for show purposes, and then it goes right back in. I think for this show, Jank, this episode here, we should hashtag it Let Shane Live. That should be our thing. Get that trending or whatever, like uh, how many years later, uh, 16 years later, Let Shane Live. Just let Shane live life, uh, Vic. God damn it, man. Yeah. He does treat him like a little baby brother. Yeah, Mara's not wrong about that. Yeah. But it's not like he he hasn't earned it. (laughs) He does fuck up a lot. He's a fuck up. <laughs> yeah. He has not shown himself to be big brother status. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, they're going to find out where Garza gets his drugs now, so that this will help them kind of put the squeeze on him. Yeah. Uh, Vic, uh, Vic and Shane get into it, and Shane just leaves for the day. Like, yeah. Oh, fuck this, I'm going home. And then, you know, he's talking to the old lady. Vic goes and confronts Kern. Yeah. I don't remember what happens in this scene. I just remember Um, Oh, I think because they know about the shooting that Kern did last episode, and they're just like, no more retaliation, you know, we're trying to get these guns off the street, and I need you to keep the peace until then, like, no more fucking retaliating at this point. Yes, okay. And, uh, so he's trying to, to get them to hold off. Um, yeah, Mara goes, or, Victor, or Shane goes to see Mara, and this is where she kind of mentions, you know, he's treating you like a baby brother and stuff like that. She's just always already stirring the dissent between the group, which is mm-hmm. not going to go well. <laughs> She's kind of... Yep. Yeah. She really is. Yeah. 
But uh, they find Garza's heroin dealer, uh, who's also, I guess, his crack dealer. <laughs> so that's good. Um, they go to this guy's house, and they, they pop open his closet full of drugs. <laughs> and he's got a shit ton in there. So they're, just, they're sitting on this guy, trying to get him to play ball. He ends up setting up a deal in the park, where he's going to try to buy the... He's gonna, oh, he's trying to get the money at this point, right? Yeah, they're going to sell to Garza. Yeah, they're going to sell him all these drugs at a discount so they get get the money back. Yes. Yeah, they're trying to get the money back. But then Vic calls off the money. Yeah, and they're telling him Diego is the guy dropping it off. And they're like, you keep the money and the drugs for now. We'll come get it later, basically. And the reason they're doing this is because they want... They're going to stop uh, Diego later on. They don't want Tavon around because they, they want everything. And they don't yep. want him involved with anything because, you know, obviously they can't trust him yet. Yeah. There'll be questions about where the money came from that they can't answer to Tavon. So. <laughs> yes. So yeah. basically once Diego takes off with the money and the drugs, uh, they just kind of leave Tavon in the park and end up going after Diego, picking him up and bringing him to some little hotel somewhere where they, uh, like, chain him to a TV <laughs> yeah, that scene is and, great. Uh, you just hear Tavon like, Vic! And then you just hear, Burr! and the car just takes off. And you're like, all right. And then you hear Tavon like, I had to ride home with your fucking, what's he calling him? Your, your CI. <laughs> it's like, well, he drives a nice car. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, Tavon's uh-huh. really getting the shaft these first couple of episodes. Like, he's got to be feeling pretty unwelcome. <laughs> yeah, it's not his fault, though, I think. You know, aside yeah. from Shane being a racist, they're just in the midst of a lot of things right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not his fault, though. Yeah, no, it's not in, at all. I think in better circumstances, he would have fit in with everybody except for Shane. <laughs> Shane, it never would have worked out good for those two. No, but everybody else, like Vic, I think, you know, we can tell from last season he liked him, and Lem vouched for him right away, so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're, it's just, yeah, bad, bad timing. Yep, that's all. It's not his fault. Um, the wife shows up at the station, Jen. God damn it with this wife and her goddamn <laughs> schedule and shit. It's like, oh, instead of, like, uh, taking Vic home, let's bring the wife in. And it's like, no, how about none of that? Yeah. But, uh. You know, more of that, like... Uh, At least it's shorter, I guess. Yeah, it's much She has shorter. to go quickly. Yeah. And then... Tomato's like, oh, you guys getting back together? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> um, so Vic tells uh, Acevedo he needs a warrant, and it's more like, you're going to do things by the rules around here, buddy. You need a warrant to fill out the paperwork and all that jazz. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is how I got the warrant for that drug guy's crib. Yeah, um, which she ends up saying, no, we didn't find anything there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they're using this guy to get to the next piece, so they end up having to just... So Ospe is kind of pissed that they did all this, jumped through all those hoops to get that warrant so quickly, and then it turned up nothing. Yep. Um, so, let's see. So Vic and Lem have Diego in that hotel room, um, and they're trying to tell him he's the new boss of the Bizlats. He's just like, what the fuck? i like, no, Garza's the boss, not me. And, uh, so then Ronnie shows up with Kern. And, yes. uh, they, they, Vic's just like, you guys are going to have to come together here, you know, drop some lines for your territory, and, and make some fucking peace here. 
Otherwise, we're going to have to go with the steel container route again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he he leaves, and uh, he leaves like Len there to babysit. Uh, this is where he goes back to the barn, and him and Tavon get into it a little bit. Because Tavon is pissed off. Um, they find out that Garza is... They've been looking for Garza like all day, but apparently most of the day he's been there. Because that's just been interviewing him about the whole drive-by thing. Yes. So they find out that Garza was, is, was there. They just kicked him loose. Um, Dutch tells him that he had an alibi, that he was at this Candy's Lounge. And, uh, Shane is showing up at the, by this point. He's just like, oh, yeah, I know that place. Because, <laughs> of course, he does. Yeah. Yeah, on the way home? <laughs> it was nice to see, like, Dutch actually getting along with, like, the strike team and stuff at this point. Yeah. Like, he's actually, like, he wants to be friends with them. Yeah. Plus, he's very arrogant <laughs> now. He thinks, like, I deserve, like, people should be joking around with me. I'm pretty fucking badass at this. Yep. So true. He's very dutchy. So they uh, they check out Garza's alibi and they find out yeah it's 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 accurate like he was there last night so we know he didn't do it yeah. so that kind of tips Dutch off to the fact that it was that kid. Yes, and yeah, Vic. This is a uh, Dutch like goes in and interviews his kid. This seems great. Yeah, because uh, it's pretty good. Dutch works him so easily. Like, he kind of gets him to flip on himself pretty quickly, and then he just kind of storms out of the room. And, like, not storms out, but he's like, yeah, all right. And then he just walks out the room and just shuts the door behind the dude, and he's like, all right. I don't know. It's pretty great. Yeah. Especially when you got, like, the uh, like Vic and uh, Claudette and Shane are watching, and Shane's just super impatient. Just get to it, fucking Dutch boy. <laughs> Vic's like, no, no, give him a chance. And, uh, yeah, it, it pays off. Yeah. Yep, it's pretty great. Um, so... So they go back to the hotel, yeah. and they're trying to see how, how the progress is going, but uh, nothing is happening. <laughs> Basically, they don't want to fucking make any concessions. Diego's just like, it doesn't matter, you know, what I do here, I'm not the boss, and, and this guy doesn't have anything to offer, we have the guns, they got nothing. Uh, but right. Vic basically convinces him that no, Garza's going down today, so you're the boss now, and you better figure this out. Yep, so Garza, like, they put him in a lineup and shit with that kid and whatever, but then uh, Garza ends up calling this Diego dude, and Diego's all like, oh, hey, where are them guns at? Because we're going to need those to protect ourselves. You know, Vic's sitting there and all that shit, so they find out where the guns are. Yeah, pretty slick. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was good. Um, and then we get, like, a scene where Vic goes and talks to Shane's girlfriend, like, hey, we got off on the wrong foot, but she is such a bitch in this scene. Uh, she really is. Yeah. Like, she is just not having any of it. She's like, I've seen that same smile, and guys thought a $3 gin and tonic was enough to get in my pants. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, he's trying to be nice to you. <laughs> yes. Lady, you have no idea. You. Yeah. You really don't know who, you know. Vic, you know. I mean, yeah, you don't want to mess, mess with him. No. Yeah, no. He will make your life a living hell. No. <laughs> you want him to be friendly with you. So, yeah, she basically tells him, don't, co don't ever come over here if Shane's not here. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, I guess his 
fair, but you should also just try to be nice for once. Yeah, yeah, just don't be a C. Um, yeah. oh, where are we at here? So we get to the end here. This is where uh, we get Claudette telling Vic, like, listen, I'm running shit. I need to see you guys Tuesday at 3 or whatever. And then we also get the scene outside where Aceveda shits all over Vic about like, mm-hmm. oh, you didn't get any arrests today. Your fucking lead went nowhere. All these guns you were talking about still out on the streets. You didn't do jack fucking shit. Yep. And then we see them all like out on the boat throwing the guns into the lake. <laughs> yeah, this scene so, we'll talk about later. But yeah, they're dumping them, all these guns in the the ocean. And that's uh, the episode. Yeah. yeah but that's that's why they're dumping the gun. They did say that they were going to keep some for themselves for uh, like a rainy day, <laughs> I think they said. So just in case they ever need them, they got these fucking MP5s. I just don't get it. Like, why would they sell those? Um, well, I mean, they're not the Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> they're just police. This world... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if they knew Jack's Teller, they could, you know, sell them to him. Make them Northern California's problem. <laughs> you, think that, you think these two worlds are living simultaneously? Oh, for sure. Okay. Look, there's even the One Niners are a gang on the uh, Sons of Anarchy. Oh. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a real gang? Uh, no. I don't think so. That was just Kurt Sutter, you know. <laughs> Referencing the things he's already done. Oh, that's pretty so, cool. So, it's just the Northern California chapter of them, I guess. Nice. All right. I never, yeah, I didn't realize. I haven't watched Sons in a long time either, so it's been a while. Yeah. I remember that was when I first started watching Sons, and they mentioned that. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> that's cool. Would you rather bang Tig or Jibs? <laughs> um, man, that is lose-lose. Uh, uh, probably Jibs. Yeah, I'm going with Jibs too. He's probably more gentle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tig's into some freaky shit. Yeah, he likes it gross. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There might be pee involved or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. But I think uh, they they sink the guns because they don't want anyone else getting their hands on them. Is really the reason they even though they get no credit out of this one, they want those guns off the street. <laughs> Not just Shane, to sell them to somebody else. Shane's such a bitch, he can't even, like, throw it over. He, like, he barely gets his bag over the side of the boat. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know if it's Ronnie or Lem. Like, they're, they're chucking them into the fucking lake, and Shane, like, barely gets it off the boat. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but that's where we end, Yeah, that's Jane. pretty good. I'm going 8 out of 10 on this episode. Still another solid entry. Two, two solid shows right off the bat. Yeah, it's a great. Great way to start the season, for sure. Yeah, we're off to a good start here so far. Yeah, plus now, oh, we should mention that uh, they got most of the money back. But yes. It's twenty grand light, so somewhere along the way, somebody took some of that money, and uh, it's probably going to be out there spending it, which may include some of those marked bills, so yeah. that could be trouble. True. The strike team still doesn't even know that there was any marked money in their, their money train cash, so... They have yet to find that out. <laughs> Don't worry. They'll just rob the Federal Reserve, get those bills back. It ain't no thing. 
I'll just put a fake tattoo on. Yeah, that's all. I'll just walk right in there, take what they want, and leave. All right, Jake. Let's award this biatch. All right. Best quotes. What you got? Uh, let's see. What do I got as far as quotes go? I'm going to put my glasses on. Um, in the opening, uh, opening line of this episode, uh, the sometimes mommy just won't nut no matter how hard you hit it. Yeah. Yes. That's obviously got to be in there. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't have too much. Uh, there's one scene where, uh, after the, uh, after Dutch flips that Esteban kid and, like, you know, gets him to pretty much confess to shooting that thing, Claudette's like, we're gonna need cooperation, and then Vic's like, I'm Mr. Cooperation, and she, <laughs> <laughs> she kind of rolled her eyes or whatever, but that was a good quote. <clears throat> um, I don't really have... Uh, the only other quote, I only have a couple in this episode. Um, later on, when um, Claudette has a change of heart and decides she's going to be like the strike team and decoy team leader and all that shit, mm-hmm. like she's talking to um, Dutch, and he's oh, like, so yes. you decided you're going to stay or whatever, and she's like, well, you can't retire on cat food, and then Dutch was like, yeah, you'll never leave me. He's just so cocky. <laughs> Yeah, and then there was another quote. There's the other one, yep. Yeah, go ahead. You can you can say this one. Oh, he's just like, you're the best cop I ever worked with. She's like, thank you. Nobody else ever even came close to keeping up with me. Yes, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, yeah, that, that was my other quote, yeah. Yeah, okay, Dutch. <laughs> he thinks he is just the hottest shit. Yeah, he's not. But he is awesome, though. Yeah, I love Dutch. Mm-hmm. Once again, not the guy from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. That's not him. Because even <laughs> today, once again today, like, I'm in season three. I, I've known for years it's not him. But he said something in the episode today. And I'm like, is that him? It's not, <laughs> it though. It's not again. that guy. Maybe IMD's been changed. Somebody updated it, and now it is him. Oh, good. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> All right. I knew it. It was, I was the one that changed it, though, so I don't know if that counts. <laughs> I don't know. All right. That's all the quotes uh, that we have. Okay. Uh, I got the part where uh, they check out Garza's alibi, and they're like, yeah, he, he was there. He was at that club doing body shots off some stripper named Pound Cake. Titties for everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Shane says, titties oh, for This is like, I didn't need to hear that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that part. That was good. I like the whole, uh, like, the the uh, drug dealer guy. He's just like, I'm going to have my lawyer read all this, and if there's even an apostrophe missing, poof. And then Vic basically just kind of, you know, says all like what, everything that's going to happen, and then he ends up with poof. I just love that, because I think yeah. like, uh, that's just a British, you know, slang for someone being gay, which that guy clearly was. Oh, is it really? So I think he's taking a shot. Yeah. Like, uh, Poof does, like a gay person in Britain. I, yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I learned that from Buffy, I think. Oh. <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of Buffy, did you ever hear of this movie called Sleepaway Camp 2 Unha- Unhappy Campers? Have you ever heard of that movie? Uh, sounds vaguely familiar. What's it about? Uh, like, they're at a sleepaway camp and they're unhappy about it. Oh, yeah, that one. Yes, it's very good. <laughs> good. 
I'm glad we got that in there. Yes. Start teasing that for uh, Angela's Clubhouse Part 2. Yes. <laughs> it's a different Angela. Um, I know. Uh, I think the worst line for me of this episode was like, uh, Kern says, you, you still don't even have the guns. And Vic's like, no, but I'm smelling them. It's like, what? Yeah, I didn't get that. <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> well, I didn't get that line. Yeah, it's just weird. It's kind of out of nowhere and just like, like I don't know, it doesn't sound very cool. They're smelling guns. Does that just mean like, you know, uh, you know, people are using them? He's so close he can smell them, but it's just awkward, I guess. I got you. All right. Um, I like the, uh, the new no one wants to sell this in a locked steel container with our bare hands, right, Kern? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sure Kern would be down with it. He don't care. Yeah. He'll come he's, out ahead on that he's one. He's undefeated. <laughs> yeah, he's your heavyweight champ right now. He'll take it into the rectangle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. All right, uh, let's do the Kristen Bell for the best guest star. Um, I went with Garza. Ooh. I don't yep, know. If, I did too. I don't know if he's a recurring character or whatever, but as soon as I saw him, I was like, "No, Scarface!" <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> From uh, yep. Half Baked. Yep. He was fuck also on you, Chappelle's show, apparently. Fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, fuck you, I'm out. And then he throws that cheeseburger and hits that dude in the side of the face. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yep. They killed Killer B. They killed Killer B. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, and he was on Chappelle's show, too. Yeah, he was yeah. good. Yeah, he's great. He's been in a lot of things. Wrap it up, B. Uh, yeah, apparently, he, he was in Cop Out. So uh, that's best to strike against him, but <laughs> I never saw Cop Out. It's not very good. Like even Kevin Smith seems to hate it. So I was like, all right, I don't, I don't like Bruce Willis that much as it is. Yeah, I mean, he didn't, Kevin Smith didn't even write that one, so he was just kind of a hired director on that one. Oh, he didn't write it. Oh, okay. No, I'm definitely not gonna watch it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not gonna watch that. But yeah, Guillermo Diaz as uh, Garza, pretty good. You're cool. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> Half-Baked is so good, man. I don't know if you've ever seen Half-Baked, but it... I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, Harlan Williams is fucking hilarious. Oh, in that. God, I love Harlan Williams. He's so funny in that movie. Buttercup! <laughs> I don't know. It's I love that movie. Dave Chappelle is great in it. And this... What's his name? Guillermo Diaz? Yeah. He's hilarious in that movie. <laughs> and Jim Brewer, man. Jim Brewer is fucking hysterical yeah. in that movie. Oh boy! Oh my God! <laughs> Have you ever heard of Jim Brewer? He does this. Uh, th- there's a bit I've seen on YouTube where he um, he talks about the night like Sylvester Stallone was hosting Saturday Night Live, and his dad wanted to meet Sylvester Stallone, so he's doing like his dad's voice and Stallone's voice talking to each other, and it's very fucking funny. Ooh, I need to hear this. Yeah, it's on YouTube. If you just Google up, you know, Jim Brewer, Stallone, or whatever, it's very fucking funny. <laughs> I love Jim Brewer, but he's never been high, like he he's not a stoner or whatever. It's like stoned as he always looks. Like he, really? He's, no, he's not a stoner at all. Wow. He just says like, yeah, I, I have this face. <laughs> yeah. Maybe his parents were very stoned when he was conceived. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Passed along. Nope. Okay, 
Um, Alright, well, uh, MVP of the episode? Uh, I went with Dutch. Nice. Yeah, for flipping Esteban and doing it so... Like, he was so fucking cool about it. Because he kind of sets him up like, oh, we just got to fill out these last couple forms just for, you know, old time, you know, whatever. For, for you know, uh, logistics sake. We just got to get these signatures. But then he, like, he he, he gets this guy to kind of confess. And it's, it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. While, you know, like, Shane and Vic and Claudette are all watching in that observation room. And Shane's like... It's going to take Dutch all day to work this guy out, you know, the way Dutch works. But, yeah, that's, that's pretty quick. It's awesome. Yep. I agree. Dutch is, yeah, he's great. He yeah. really is a damn good detective. He is. What do you got? Uh, I went with Vic for MVP on this one. Um, just because I thought it was so badass the way he got all these guns off the street. Uh, kind of a cumulative effort over the first and second episodes of this season. Um, and then just to, to have to sit there and eat shit to Aceveda be like, oh yeah, I guess I didn't, but secretly he knows that he fucking saved the day big time. That's just a, yeah. that's a baller move right there. Yeah, he does, he does get everything at the end and still eats the crow. Yep. Look good, right? Yeah, I suck as a cop, but no, 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 I got it all. I'm yeah, all really, he's all the most successful cop in history, pretty much. Yes, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. No credit. He's just doing it because he needs to, it needs to be done. Yeah, that's what I like about him. All right, I'm I'm with that one. All right, so uh, Vendrell Cup for the biggest fuck up. You already know my answer. <laughs> uh, well, I went with I went with Vic on this one. Uh oh. Yeah, I don't know. I have Vic down because Garza and the money. Oh, because he oh, because he gets some of the money. Yeah, he gets uh, some of the money. Oh. Yeah, because he punches them and shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Like I, this one was tough. There wasn't a whole lot of like obvious shit for me in this one, but mm-hmm. I, obviously it was for you though. Yeah, I mean, I just went with Shane, obviously for the whole Yoko Ono thing, like we mentioned. That's that's, uh, <laughs> that's the thing for me that'll stand out. You like her? You can already tell. What's that? Do you like her better than Tulips? Oh. Mara? No, I definitely like Tulips more. Right. But Mara is is close second. What about Tulips or Kristen Bell? Hmm. That is insanely tough. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I might have to go Kristen Bell. All right, because otherwise I was just going to hang up. <laughs> I figure. Yeah, that might be the end of the show right there. Yeah, that would have been the end of this. Oh, but Tulips is so good, though. Oh, yeah. It just really is. The answer there, except for Tulips. Except for anything that's not Kristen Bell. Yes, it's always good. <laughs> All right. Um, All right, the Dumpy Award for the worst part of the episode. Yay! A couple of them. <laughs> Just everything with Danny. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty pathetic. Yeah, yeah, all that jazz. Like, let me carry your groceries. Like, nah, I'm good. So, <laughs> yeah, Danny. Yep. Did you go with Danny? Uh, no. Oh, right. I, had, I had some other ones. Um, parts of this episode don't make sense to me. <laughs> Right. Uh, so Vic and the strike team are you doing this fake 
drug or this fake gun bust with you know money from their money train stash. Um, but then they arrest Garza later on. They don't kill him. So, but he gets arrested and never mentions it. Like the fact that they, like, why would he not mention they were going undercover? Remember, as you know, we're we're not, not cops. We're white supremacists. But then those same cops arrest him later on, and he doesn't say anything to anybody. Like, hey, these guys tried to buy guns off of me last night. But when does the strike team arrest him? Because I, I don't remember them arresting him. Because I wondered how he oh, got they did. the station in the first place. Yeah, um, because after remember at the end, they the strike team and Dutch and Claudia and a couple of other cops all go arrest Garza in his drug crib, remember? He's like doing yeah. some drugs stuff and then uh like Vic ends up oh. like, tackling him. He's like, You have two seconds to tell me where the guns are and shit like that. Oh uh, yeah, he kicks him in the balls and shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, those same people arrest him later on. He doesn't say anything? Like, these guys tried to buy guns off of me last night. Well, maybe he's also that kind of, you know, because even later on where they want him to, uh, they were like, uh, they they wanted something. And he was like, just give me the needle. Like, I, I, I ain't fucking talking. So maybe he's just one of those guys like, I don't, I don't tell anybody anything. I just take care of my own shit. Yeah, I guess that's probably why. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly yeah. lucky for them that, that this guy won't say anything. Um, the next one I had was, okay, at the end of the, the episode, they're all throwing these guns in, uh, in into the ocean. Yeah. Now, they got these massive fucking duffel bags. Mm-hmm. And there's clearly at least one or two boats around them, because you hear someone honking the horn and shit like that. Yeah, you see a boat off of Yep, yes. there's a boat right there. Yeah. If you saw someone dropping giant duffel bags off of their boat, wouldn't you assume those are bodies? Yeah, I would definitely assume it was, uh, they were dumping bodies, yes. Yep. And then you'd be immediately calling the Coast Guard. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, we're at this latitude, longitude, and uh, they're just throwing heavy duffel bags into the water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These body-sized duffel bags are going yes. into the water. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I figured that would raise some red flags. They didn't even wait till like nighttime or something like that. I'll be honest with you when when I saw that other boat, like I I thought you know what I thought like Jesus Christ they got the fucking camera boat in the shot. <laughs> that's what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it could be. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I never thought it was just somebody else sailing around. Yep. Who's probably got is, a lot of questions. It is dusky, so maybe they're just banking that you can't really tell what's going on over here. Yeah. These are just chicken wings. We're just throwing the bones in the water. Don't worry about it. This ain't guns <laughs> or bodies. Nope. Chicken wings. We just like disposing of our trash in the sea. Yes. <laughs> That's also cool, right? Dolphins <laughs> love chicken wing bones, so we're just throwing them in here. For the dolphins. Don't worry, we're not throwing our six-pack things in there. No, none of that. Just chicken bones. Chicken bones. <laughs> Alright, that's pretty much all I had for that. Alright. Those are my worst parts of the episode for me. Where it's just like, I don't know if these things are, are going to add up really in the end. Yeah. Or at least they got really lucky, if nothing else. 
Well, you know, there's a little curvier enthusiasm going on here. If you would watch that show, you would know what I meant. How <laughs> things always just work out perfectly for Larry all the time. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. All right. All so. right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's do the next casting segment we got. This is a little bit more of the old classic casting that we do, where we take actors from The Shield and try to put them in other roles. Who would they be if they weren't on the shield? Uh, I believe we've mentioned it before, but this season we're going to be doing 80s movies. Uh, trying to find roles for these characters back in the 80s movies. Um, yeah. Assuming we could, you know, transport them in time or something like that. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily have to be what Michael Chiklis would have been like as like a teenager in the 80s. Why also, too, like, this isn't this isn't Michael Chiklis in a movie. This is Vic Mackey in a movie. Uh-huh. Like, if Vic Mackey didn't become a cop and he wanted to be an actor, these are the roles he would have gotten back in the 80s. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, that's how I looked at it. Like, this ain't Walton Goggins. This is Shane Vendrell acting. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, do you want to start with Shane, like we did for the other uh, segment? Um, okay. Uh, I got a bunch of these, so I don't know if you want to alternate or... Yeah, let's alternate. You start. Um, okay. Uh, I'll start with my, uh, probably the one I'm most happy with. Um, I kind of, for both of these guys, I don't know if I'll be able to do this for everybody, but I kind of picked an actor who was like pretty much any role that person did, this person could have done. (laughs) Okay. Um, so for Walton Goggins, I kind of figured his 80s equivalent was Bill Paxton. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you picture Walton Goggins in fucking Aliens, like, as Hudson, where it's just, like, the big cocksure marine who goes in there, but then he starts crying as soon as shit starts going bad. Like, he could totally pull that off. Or Chet and Weird Science. Like, yep, I can definitely see Walton Goggins doing that. He'd be a good asshole older brother. I'm sorry I've treated you like shit all these years. <laughs> I love Chet. Yep, Chet's great. How about a nice, greasy pork sandwich served in a dirty ashtray? <laughs> the way he says greasy is hilarious. Yeah, greasy pork sandwich. Not greasy. greasy. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the first, like, see, for me, here's the first person I thought of, Shane Vendrell, the actor, uh, the first person that came to my mind, John Lawrence Cobra Kai. Ooh, I like it. He would be that kind of, like, he's not the main guy, because Kreese is his bitch, so Kreese would be Mackie, I guess, in in, in that (laughs) world, but... You know, when he's around, like, you know, Dutch and those guys, like, he's the number one dude. Because he is, like, when it's just Ronnie and Lem around, you know, Shane's yeah, kind of top 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 there. Yeah. So he's John Lawrence Cobra Kai. Yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah, that was the first name that came to my mind. I'm like, well, he's fucking, he's got to be Johnny Lawrence. Yeah, <laughs> he would sure. definitely be giving Danny LaRusso some shit. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> he's black? Oh. Oh, no. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> that yep. poor kid. <laughs> that would be real trouble. Yes. All right, go ahead. All right. Um, next up, I had 
Uh, from Teen Wolf, Mick. The guy on the other uh, basketball team who... Oh! Oh, the douchebag <laughs> asshole who was dating yep. the uh, theater girl and stuff. Yeah, like, just picture him under the fucking basket, you know, while Michael <laughs> J. Fox is trying to make those fucking <laughs> free throws. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. staring daggers at him. Like, well, you I know he has that stare down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I could see that. That's such a good ending, too. Like, when he makes that final free throw and the music plays and that guy shuts his eyes and Boof goes crazy in the stands and everything. Uh, it's really good. And you're shooting for the moon and finally make it. <laughs> uh, I love oh, 80s movies, man. That song. Yes. Me too. Um, nice. Next on my list, I got Dallas Winston, a.k.a. Matt Dillon in The Outsiders. Mm. I don't know if you've ever seen The Outsiders, but I've seen it at least 7,000 times. No <laughs> that doesn't surprise me, given your preparedness for watching movies millions and millions of times. I love The Outsiders. And so, yeah, like, Matt Dillon's role in there, he's just, like, kind of a scumbag, but very loyal to his people. And, like, I could be, like, he's not real funny funny, and I could see Shane, Shane Vendrell, not Walton Goggins, <laughs> being that guy. Yeah, I could totally see that. <laughs> that definitely makes a lot of sense. Alright, who you got next? Uh, next up, Funny enough that you were watching Creepshow 2 earlier. Um, I'm going to go to Creepshow 1 and uh, replace Stephen King <laughs> in his <laughs> sketch, in his little sketch with uh, with Walton Goggins. He could be the, the hick farmer who finds this meteorite. <laughs> meteorite shit. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah, he could be that hillbilly kind of guy. Yeah, he could bring that southern uh, southern charm to the role. <laughs> yep. Um, I can see that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, here, here's one too that I went with Shane Ash from the Evil Dead movies. Oh, that would be so good. Yeah, I think he would do very good as Ash in the Evil Dead movies, especially as yeah. they went on and he gets crazier and crazier. Mm-hmm. By the time yeah. you do Army of Darkness, where it's just like more comedy than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be awesome as that. Yeah, I think he would do all right. Because he, he could be insane for sure. Walton Goggins is such a good actor. There's, like You could do a million of these, I think. He could be pretty much anything in every movie in the 80s. I'd be fine with it. Yeah, he is pretty awesome. I love that guy. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah. Uh, you got um, any? Yeah, I got some more. Uh, talking about like how he could be kind of the second in command to, uh, to a bad guy. Kind of like uh, Johnny Lawrence. Um, I went with Bob from Batman, 1989's Batman. <laughs> Bob, <laughs> you are my number one. That guy? <laughs> yep. Um, That's the guy. I can't He's remember He's just that kind of the crazy, you know, wild card number two. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. You are my That's chain right to a T. Yes, I could see. Yeah, I can't remember Bob's name, but yeah, he, yeah I like that guy, though. Um, Do you uh, have any other ones? Uh, the only other one I have is uh, Ricky from Sleepaway Camp. But if you listen to last week's episode, you you already knew that. <laughs> yeah, but if you did listen to last week's episode, you missed a lot. Go watch Go watch Sleepaway Camp on Amazon Prime, and then watch watch or listen to our podcast. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, 
I got just a couple more. Uh, I figured he could be the Keith or Sutherland. Keith or the Keeper Sutherland part in uh, Stand By Me. Mmm, ace. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like he'd be great at that, I think. Yeah. And this one's this one's kind of an odd one, but uh, <laughs> considering he originally, I think, debuted in a TV movie, I'm gonna go with Max Headroom. Look, <laughs> 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 he's got that big smile and like the you know the kind of like that same kind of thinner. Gaunt face. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, they just put his, they just spike his hair up a little bit. He'll be yeah. good. Yeah. He is a very good actor, though. Yeah, he he really is phenomenal. Like everything I've seen him in, he's always been great. Yeah, I like him. I agree. All right, so let's see what we got for Vic. All right. By the way, Jenk, this episode is way longer than most of the other episodes. <laughs> yeah, it did not work out the way not it was planned. No. <laughs> All right. Um, so, why don't you go first? What do you got for Vic? Vic was harder for me because, once again, it's more personality than I'm like. I'm not necessarily looking for somebody who looked like Vic back then. <laughs> um, the first name that came to my mind was John Bender from The Breakfast Club. Judd oh, Nelson's God. role. Like, I could see Vic, like, you know, Vic as a teenager would have been, you know, probably kind of like that, a kind of a smart mouth douche, I don't know, cocky, arrogant kind of guy. I don't know. Vic was. you get in my house when you spill paint in the garage? Do I stutter? (laughs) Yes. Once again, another movie I've seen at least, I'm not even kidding, I've had to have seen it at least 500 times. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. (laughs) I can't. That's one I cannot watch enough. Like, oh, I hear you. So I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. So, who's your number one? Because you're. Really uh, so yeah, I, I do like to kind of go with people he physically resembles when I can. Um, my number one, where I found his uh, his eighties equivalent, I would say, to me, is a guy named James Tolkien, who James was R. biggest R. role R. probably. <laughs> no. Okay. Different one. <laughs> um, this was uh, the guy who played the principal in Back to the Future. Oh, that guy. Yeah, he's yeah, in Yeah, Principal Gun. Strickland. Yep. Yep. See, either that of those roles he would have been perfect in. Or he actually plays a detective in uh, the Masters of the Universe movie. Oh. I just watched something yesterday where he was in it. He Oh, War Games. He's also in oh, that. He's a cop yeah. in that movie, too. Yeah, I just watched that. The other, maybe it was two days ago. I was like, oh, there's that guy from Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, yeah, he's uh, the principal slacker. I don't I don't remember his name in, in the future. Uh, Strickland. Oh, Strickland. Yeah, yeah. Like, if he was the principal coming down on Marty McFly, I would actually fear for Marty's life. <laughs> I'd be like, he's going to just, like, burst through a fence and start beating the shit out of Marty McFly at any moment. Yeah, well, he knew his dad was a loser and he was going to be a, well, a slacker. He yeah. calls slackers and, you know, he knew Marty was going to be a slacker too. <laughs> but he'd also plant drugs on him. Yeah. I'm He'll sorry, folks. For a long time. It's just too loud. Huey Lewis, <laughs> Huey Lewis is very good in that movie too. I love Back to the Future. Yeah. Yep. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's a good one. Um... This one's another stretch. I went with uh, Chunk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I realize he's probably too old to play Chunk in the 80s, but still, he could be Chunk. Yeah, we could, we could 
playing around with time. Yeah, you don't want to see Chicklets do the truffle shuffle. <laughs> I, I want that more than anything in life now. We, is he a cameo? <laughs> uh, he has to be on cameo. Everybody's on cameo. <laughs> we need, how much to make him do the truffle shuffle for? <laughs> Uh-oh. Is that, that an extra fee? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah. oh, I love the Goonies so much. <laughs> oh, that's such a good one. I love it. All right, what what do you got? Uh, next up, I got Taggart and uh, Beverly. Oh, yeah, Taggart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell would call my house on a regular phone? <laughs> oh, what is wrong with these people? I hear you. Um, yeah, Taggart. He he's uh, I can't think of like I can't think of that actor's name. Oh shit! Uh, he's in so many things, but I, can't, I never he's, remember his I name was either. Say, he's been in a bunch of things. He's usually I always like, remember Judge Reinhold, but yeah, yeah. He's the only he's person Taggart's judge. Good, yeah, I can see him being Taggart. Yeah, I like it. Um. John uh, Ashton, that's it. What else has that guy been in? Does it say like? Um, he was in what's what was that movie we watched? Last Resort. Oh yeah, remember that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was in uh, Midnight Run. Oh yeah, yeah, he's in that. I haven't seen that in a long time. That's a good movie though. All right. Um. The only one I have, the only other one I have down for uh, Vic is uh, <laughs> Cujo. <laughs> I don't know why. I just see like I just see Vic's big gigantic <laughs> trying to beat up uh, Danny Pintaro or whatever his name is, D. Wallace. <laughs> put like a little one of those fake rubber snouts on him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's like has an Alka Seltzer tablet in his mouth at all times. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's a real stretch. He might it's actually win an Academy Award for this one. <laughs> yeah, well he's very good. <laughs> if Gary Oldman can play a little person, mm-hmm. why not? What movie was that? Uh, Tiptoes. Oh yeah, Tiptoes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the movie was rough. Yeah, it really was. All right, um, so what else you got for Vic? I just had two more. Uh, I had RoboCop, keeping with the cop theme. Uh, <laughs> I, I picture him kind of being more like the commish when he's, you know, pre-RoboCop, and he's just Murphy on the force. Like he's just kind of, oh, hey, I'm just a hapless whatever. But then they shave his head, and he becomes RoboCop. <laughs> That's true. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see that. It would never be as cool as Peter Weller's voice, probably. Like, he's just got that weird, deep voice, but... Yeah. Um, and the other one I had was Roy in Friday the 13th, Part 5. Oh, <laughs> the, uh, the paramedic? Yeah, the paramedic. Because, yeah. obviously, Vic loves his family. He'll do anything for his family. So if someone killed his son with an axe, like, you know, he'd be pissed off. Yeah. Yeah, I could see him jasoning some people. Yeah, and he wouldn't need, like, the mask covering his bald head. He'd just already be bald. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I like that. He would just have like the one hockey mask instead of the double mask in it. Yeah. 
Um, the only other thing I have written down is if, like, if you wanted to take Vic and Shane and team them up, they could be uh, Jake and Elwood Blues. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, Vic Mackey is John Belushi, and Shane is Dan Aykroyd, and I can see them <laughs> dancing. That'd be fun. Yeah. Ron, I don't know how their singing's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a chance. Yeah. Well, it'd be more like, we're on a mission from Gad. <laughs> like that, I guess. He does that southern accent. <clears throat> so, that's all I've got. Hopefully, we can make it a dual role and Cujo can show up in the third act of Oh, yeah. <laughs> that movie's hard to watch, man. I don't, I don't love Cujo. I don't think I've ever actually seen it. Oh. It's, it's, it's just hard to get through. Because Danny... Pintaro screams a lot in it, and I just want to, like, you're rooting for the dog. I'm going to be honest with you, man. <laughs> about, about, I don't know, halfway through the movie, you're like, man, I wish this dog would just get to this kid already and kill him. <laughs> That's how I felt about the Babadook. I can never actually finish that movie because it was like, this kid sucks. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. He's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Good God. All right, Jank. All right, well, we finally finished this marathon episode. Yeah, this was two and a half hours. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Oi. I am so right. sweaty right now, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know why, but I am. Well, it's probably because you were watching your neighbors have sex and jerking off in the window. Yeah, well, you know, that's their fault. <laughs> they should have closed the blinds. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Before we go, Jake, uh... Mackie's Clubhouse at yahoo.com. Don't forget to email us or something. Yes, that is the email address. Hit us up there. Let yeah. us know, know uh, what you think about Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. <laughs> it better be that you love it or else, um, you know, we'll have to punch you in the stomach. Yes. Give me the old guards a treatment. Yes. <laughs> All right. Bye, motherfuckers. Bye, motherfuckers. Hey Mo, your sister's ass really tastes as sweet as Alvarez here says it does. He wants to know what your mama's putting in the corn muffin. <laughs> <laughs>